one thing that's really been pissing me off lately that I just cannot figure out. Mm-hmm. Whenever you use your iPhone for anything, mm-hmm. it's automatically like, you want to listen to that at 10, right? As yeah. loud as the phone goes, yeah. right? Yeah. I know what It you're always just about. starts there. I don't know why. Can you imagine how insane that logic would be if you applied it to any other product that you have? Like... Like you, you turn on your car and it goes 60. Fifth gear, right? You want to start high, right? right? You know, or it's like you you turn on the shower and it's like scalding water is yeah, what you want for sure. And you want it to blast you hard, right? Time to bake some cookies. You want this on clean, right? You want to obliterate anything you put in it? Why like, the fuck? I like, like to broil my cookies. I want them to be undone and burnt on top. Exactly. But for some reason, they decided this is the programming that should be on the iPhone. Yeah. It should start at the max. I, I have noticed a marked, like, decline in quality of everything. Just like, everything in like general. all technology. They, they, they have, like, started making things intentionally bad, it oh, seems yeah. like. For sure. So that they can then be like, oh, we've updated, updated it. Now it's better. Yeah, and, and you have to pay for like, it again. Yeah, it is better now. <laughs> well, it's because it sucked it's the first it time. It's because it sucked the first time and it didn't have to. How worthless is autocorrect getting? Autocorrect oh, is the bane of my existence now. It really is. Anytime I start, uh, well, I guess this is a, a strange complaint, but... Sometimes I throw Spanish in when I'm texting, so I'll be like, la, whatever. Yeah. If you put in la, it immediately makes it both capitalized for L.A. <laughs> and you have to make it not do that. Why do I have to tell it to not do the thing I didn't want it to do in the first place? Dude, two-letter abbreviations computers have a hard time with. I was, I was getting GPS directions with uh, Apple Maps the other day to like UT mm. Hospital. Yeah. And it was like, turn left onto Utah Hospital. Drive. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Emily's, I have a hard time with that. Because Emily works at UT Hospital. She said that Utah. That, yeah, Utah Hospital because it's UT capitalized. Yeah. Welcome, dead and lovely <laughs> listeners and technology complaint fans, yeah. to the greatest horror movie review podcast. <laughs> That's relevant. In the known multiverse and beyond. Why? It is dead and lovely. Here with the host with the most is me, your best buddy, Uncle Ben. Hey, it's me, your other best buddy, Hollywood Steve. And we're here today to tell you guys what we've been up to, what we've been watching, and also to talk real deep like about the army of darkness. Hey, since we're your best friends, we found a dead body in the woods. You want to go see it? You want to go look at it? Hey. Maybe you you want to go see it? You guys want to go catch something on fire? Yeah. 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 How you been doing this week, Steve? I uh, I've been good. I've been really good. I've been having a good week. I I just started I uh, I had a little bit of like a rut in the gym, so I just started doing some new exercises and really going for the more complicated lifts. Did you exchange your large triangular weights and medicine ball for like proper bars with like plates on the ends and stuff? Are you upping the technology? Yeah. I I stopped saying hup whenever hup, 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 I hup, hup, lift. <laughs> Why? That's the best part. I don't know. I just thought oh, Could you try, imagine try something new. You walk into like a 1920s gym yeah. and it is a hup, deafening chorus. just everywhere. Yeah. So you've been changing up your lift yeah, pattern, huh? Well, because like I, when I first started the gym, the idea was, well, look, fatty, you got to do something. Look out, do something. Yeah. Uh, and then after a while, it was okay. I'm getting in shape, but I really I need to avoid injury at all costs because it would be like, oh, well, yeah, dude. once I hit like 260, it's like okay, I'm starting to see results. I really want to get where I'm going. 
I need to go careful. Dude, so, I'm telling you what, don't be that fucking guy that every time you hang out with them, all they do is complain about their list of injuries they, they yeah, fucking receive from the yeah, gym. Yeah, because that it, guy sucks. Yeah, because like, what, why are you injuring yourself? Like, you're doing this to be healthy, yeah. right? So <laughs> that, that would be the right. point, yes. So I was being real safe, like real careful, only using machines a lot. Like, I only don't, jumps from the first turnbuckle. Right, yeah, I don't want to get up on that third. What am I, Sabu? That's a low-risk maneuver," <laughs> <laughs> said nobody ever. So I, I, uh, I was trying to be real safe. I, I, I don't work out with anybody else, so I never, I never bench by myself. I use the like, there's a, a the Smith machine, which is like an assisted machine. That, I'd call it the bench buddy. Right. Thanks. <laughs> the bench buddy. So I use, I'll use the bench buddy. Or um, do it with just you know, uh, there's a chest press machine. Yeah, yeah. But I, I really decided, like, fuck it. I want, I want to, like, enjoy myself, have fun. I don't want to be bored. So I, I, I started doing the cleaning press, which is, which is, like, the thing you see in cartoons when they want to show somebody strong. Oh, is picking okay. something up off the ground and then putting it over your head. Towards the ceiling. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's how you prove your strength. Yeah. See how much closer this is to the ceiling now? Mm-hmm. It's up there. I did that. Yeah. But it, I mean, it's it's a it's a complicated move. It's technically th- three lifts. Okay. And it, it, you could easily injure yourself if you don't know what you're doing. And you should always like every time I do it, I start with an empty bar. Like I gotta just test the motion, make sure I remember how to do it. Because once you put weight on it, you could really hurt yourself. So I'm doing it. And I notice out of the corner of my eye, there's <laughs> these two people laughing at me. Oh no! Do I gonna laugh at you? And this surprisingly had happened. The day or two days before when I was uh, doing chest exercises, I'd find, I was like, okay, I'm going to work the bench, but I'm just going to work below my weight. So I know I'm not going to end up like struggling yourself. Yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm working below my weight and I was really working on my form. So it's like real controlled motion, slow down, slow up. And I see out of the corner of my eye, the person that was on the bench before was with his girlfriend and he was lifting probably 30 more pounds than me. I could see out of the corner of my eye, like his girlfriend being like, like, you're stronger than him or whatever. And I realized like, I've never seen the people who are making fun of me in either of these cases at the gym before. <laughs> okay. These are New Year's resolution people. People oh. who said like, I'm going to get in the gym. I'm going to hit the gym at the beginning of the year. Okay. So there are probably some people listening right now who are New Year's resolution people themselves who are in the gym and feel very much like people are watching them and making fun of them. Yeah, I would be very self-conscious. Yes. I mean, I'm fixing to join the gym around the corner, not yeah. really as a New Year's resolution, but just because now I finally have time to. And they got those triangular weights you love so much. Pop, 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 yeah. pop, 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 pop. <laughs> and I know I'm going to go in there and be like, I don't know what that machine does, so I'm just right. not going to use it. Right. You know? Okay, so they're... There seem to be two types of New Year's resolutioners. They're the type who go in and realize, like, I'm not really sure what I'm doing, but, like, I want to do this. Yeah. Okay. Then Gold star for effort. And, and what those people tend to do is not make fun of anyone else. They're not looking around. They're hoping no one's making fun of them. That's it. The other people are the people who are a little bit in shape, but, like, aren't really in shape like they're they're strong enough or they're they're like not bad off because probably they're 20 and they've got leftover high school soccer muscle right exactly 
those people come in and they feel the same way, but their response to it is to make fun of other people. Well, fuck them then. Yeah. So that like, it's interesting to me though, because like, as I'm doing this and knowing what I'm doing and seeing out of the corner of my eye, these people making fun of me, I'm realizing like, that's such, like so much insecurity in that. Oh yeah, like, and, and that sucks for the people like really want to get yeah, in exactly. shape. Dude, like I've seen people post up pictures like, "Look at this fat fuck on a treadmill at the gym," and it's like, it's like he's on idiot. a he's treadmill. Trying to, he's trying to improve himself. Yes. Well, you know where he's gonna go if he doesn't get on that treadmill? Fatter. Yeah. If he's on the treadmill, probably gonna slim down. Yeah, asshole. Like, I hate that shit. Yeah, the, but that's a, that's my experience in the gym, and I've been going to the gym since I was fourteen. Like, started lifting weights at the uh, uh, recreation center in Jefferson City. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I started lifting weights when I was 14. And my experience is the people that go to the gym and lift weights and, like, are there regularly, have ne- I've never seen them make fun of anybody. Like, the big dudes you see and lift the big weights, never seen them make fun of anybody. Well, this is just, like, people talking shit on YouTube and stuff yes. like that. It's like, anytime somebody talks some mad smack on one of my videos, it's like, I go to their page and guess what they're doing? Nothing. Not making music or yeah. videos, like nothing. Yes. Meanwhile, you'll never see like Steve Vai talk shit on somebody's video. It's so much insecurity. It's, it's yeah. people who haven't put in any effort and they see other people put in an effort and they think, boy, I don't have the bravery to do that. I should probably make fun of it. So it lessens their accomplishment. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if you're, if you're, one of those people who resolved to get into the gym this year and you feel like people are making fun of you one maybe they are two fuck them <laughs> who gives a shit they're who not gonna shit? they're probably not gonna be there the next time you go to the gym they don't have the resolve they're right, not gonna keep yeah. coming back so fuck them fuck them man do you have any like new year's resolutions yourself i, I did yeah, you yeah, that, I, uh, last I said week. i think i said a couple weeks ago uh i want to read more read more books that's right yeah 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 i do want to read more i really do want to get all like down to 190 nice um so I, i've been pushing it but whenever you got like crazy skinny in college what did hey, you not, then? i was like 165 i thought you looked sick yeah I, I did small. i i look back to those pictures and it's like oh just i i like i mean some of that was like <laughs> that was uh i had started dieting and then got hobo sliced, and then also my fiance broke up. With yeah, me. exactly. Yeah. So some Almost of that was just like I don't feel like eating. <laughs> <laughs> Not the healthiest yeah. way to, to lose weight. Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't very healthy. Uh, I, one ninety is about what I was before I lost all that weight. So yeah, just a average looking dude. Yeah, dude. That's, that's what I'm going for. Okay. Yeah. You can do but, that. Yeah. It's just the last thirty pounds has been sticky. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know what I weigh now. I, I, that was also part of my New Year's resolution was not weigh myself throughout the entire month of January mm. because I had, I had become obsessed with it. I hit 220. Oh, I get in, obsessed with those numbers too. I understand yeah, that, man. Yeah. I hit 220 in October and I was still 220 at the end of December and nothing has changed. My diet's the same. Still yeah. eating 1,500 calories, still eating like 40 grams of carbs a day, like real low stuff. And nothing was changing. And yeah. so, like, you know, instead of just getting disheartened, it was like, well, don't look at it. Like, okay. what is it? Yeah, yeah. Like, Do you what? feel good? Yeah, That's I feel good. Thing, right? I'm, yeah, I'm uh, obviously, like, the every time I'm lifting, I'm lifting more weight. So I'm gaining in strength. Like, what does it matter? Also gaining muscle, which yeah. is more so weight. So maybe yeah. that is what's going. Like, yeah, it could be I'm at a point where I, I am losing 
fat, but I'm also gaining muscle, muscle and, yeah. it, and it's going zero sum equation. Yeah, it, it's going going so slow at this point that it, it, no change is really happening. So it, it's not a big deal. It's just one of those things where it's like if I don't look at the number, if I come back in February, look at the number, and it's still 220. That's fine. I'm going to the doctor in February, and I can talk to her and there be like, go. okay, so what's going on? Like, what the hell? All make, right. make me not fat. <laughs> Unfat me. <laughs> Unfat my <Yeah>. heart. See, <laughs> not be fat again. <laughs> I don't know that I have any like resolutions per se. I'm just yeah. kind of like looking at the year and I'm like, I should be no more resolved because this is January now. You know, that shouldn't, <laughs> That's true. I, that shouldn't make me more convicted. That, is, something, true. that you know? is true. But I am kind of looking at it like, you know what? Now this year... I'm looking at how my life has changed since last year. I'm, I'm not teaching fucking 60 or 70 lessons a week mm-hmm. right now. I'm a lot more comfortable than I was. I'm like, I have no excuse to not have an EP or mm-hmm. an album by the end gotcha. of this year. You know, stuff right. like that. You were more, talking about that last year. Like, exactly. That's what you wanted to do. I wanted so to be able to go to, to the NAMM show this yeah. year with an EP under my belt. And right. last year, it just ended up way too fucking hectic. Now but you're just going to have to talk about your podcast the I'm whole time. I'm talk about my cast the whole time, Damn. I guess. Yeah, leaving for the NAMM show uh, a week from yesterday, I guess. Yeah, when this comes out, you will, will have left the day before. In Los Angeles, <laughs> soaking up the sun, yeah. Cheryl Crow style. <laughs> you know what I mean? All I want to do is have some fun. Soak up the sun. I get it. D- uh, maybe date Lance Armstrong for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be a great time. But yeah, I definitely wanted to have myself an original EP done by this time of year. But yeah. you know what? It's okay. Honestly, there's no possible way I could have done that last year. Last no, year's schedule was yeah. in fucking Anybody insane. who listens to this podcast will know you were constantly oh God, dealing dude. with shit. Yeah. Insane. So, yeah, this year I should be able to get that accomplished. So I'm going to do that. Like I said, joining the gym around the corner from here, too. Mm-hmm. Not so much because it's January, but just because, again, I have time to now. Yeah. So I'm and looking forward to yeah, doing it's that, Yeah, nearby. Too. I mean, what was the nearest gym in Dandridge? The community center. In Jefferson City? Yeah, it was like 15 minutes away. Holy shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there was no like gym anywhere yeah. near me back then. Yeah. So. so, yeah, having it nearby is, is real helpful. I mean, my, yeah. mine is just two miles away. It's it's extremely helpful to be that close. Yeah. And I'm also resolving to watch more good movies this year. Man, I need to do that, too. I hardly watched any movies in Same. 2019. I hardly watched any new movies at yeah. all in 2019. Yeah. We talked I mean, last I did, time. I like, did watch older movies, but yeah. new movies, I didn't really... I mean, and I the thing is, like, much, no. we did maybe five minisodes, so we definitely watched we saw some, yeah. five movies, but, like, we missed all the big ones, I feel like. The Lighthouse, so yeah. Crawl, like, yeah. every horror podcast, it seemed like, was, was talking positively about that. I... I haven't seen it still. Yeah. yeah. This this year, I think I'll definitely make more time to do that. I, I actually, did start off this week and watch a couple that were pretty good. I did too. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, that's why I watched the movie I did watch this week. What'd you watch? Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu? <laughs> now that sounds like a scary movie. It was. Mewtwo was a little bit scary, turns Ooh. out. Ooh. Well, I won't I won't spoil it. No I won't spoilers. spoil it. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, dude, it's cute as shit. Do I and need Ryan to know Reynolds about is adorable. Do I need to know about a Pokemon before I see it? Because no. I don't know nothing about a Pokemon. I, I don't really either. I played Pokemon Go, um, and I don't think there was any sort of like story to that. It was just catching Pokemon. So I, I recognize a lot of Pokemon, but I don't know anything about it. Mm. it I think they, they played it well. They did a good job of basically telling uh, a simple story that you can understand whether you know Pokemon or not. And it's uh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, yeah. He's hilarious, of course. It's just so adorable. He's Pikachu. Pikachu's already cute. Um, The other 
main, I guess, Pokemon would be Psyduck, who is also fucking adorable. Okay. And, like, there is a moment near the end where Pokemon and Psyduck hug, and I seriously was like, this is probably the cutest shit I've seen in a long time. Oh, my God. So cute. The movie isn't amazing. Like, there's no, like... It's not revolutionary. If you've seen any movie uh, with a detective story, it's pretty much that. Detective doesn't remember stuff. Turns out detective doesn't remember stuff because if the detective remembered stuff, there wouldn't be a story. It's true. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That would kind of, that cut it short. But yeah, it it was just so cute. Like I, I, and and that was like kind of the thing is I want to get into those 2019 movies, but I wanted to like stick my toe in. I I didn't want to jump into the lighthouse. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to be like, this will be cute. This will be fun. And if I don't like it, I can just turn it off and nobody will care that I said Detective Pikachu wasn't good enough to watch all the way through. <laughs> Have you seen that trailer for that Ryan Reynolds movie coming out where he plays like an NPC in a video game? Yes. Dude, we were watching the trailer for that and I was like, oh my God, they yeah. made an NPC movie. Yes. I love NPCs. Me too. NPCs are always like uh-huh. adorable. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing ever happens in this village. Yeah, if you're if you're a non-gamer, NPC is a non-player character. Usually, usually, uh, when you're talking about NPCs, it's in like open-world games and yeah, stuff. RPGs but like any any non-player character in any game is an NPC. And he finds out that he is an NPC in a video game. That's awesome. And that's why it's like he works in a bank that's always getting like shot up and robbed by supervillains <laughs> and stuff all the time. It looks ridiculous. That's awesome. I'll totally watch that, man. Because, like, yeah, that is a thought I've had a million times in playing Grand Theft Auto. Like, what would it be like to live in this world? Right, seriously. It's got <laughs> to be fucking awful. And I really hope he reacts the way NPCs react, where it's like, what the fuck's going on? Uh, go about my day. Nah, back to normal. <laughs> yeah, it's just another Tuesday. That seems to be how they're playing it. Awesome. Right on, man. Anything else good you seen? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I started uh, a show called The Other Two. Emily and I started this show called The Other Two, which is on Comedy Central and stars Drew Tarver, who I've talked about in the past. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I think is a very funny comedian. He's uh, well, improviser. He's not a comedian. Oh, what is a comedian? He's not a stand-up comedian, okay. but he makes funny <laughs> words with his mouth and face. Um, anyway, it's, it's about... Uh, the other two in a family where this kid becomes like a viral star and he has these two older siblings who are struggling in life like one's trying to be an actor the other has no idea what she's doing with their life and they're both like in their mid to late 20s early 30s and they just kind of feel like fuck-ups and then suddenly their 13 year old brother has our 14 year old brother has this like viral hit hmm, okay and becomes this big like justin bieber type of star and they get kind of sucked up into his world, and it's it's real funny. That sounds pretty yeah. cool. And it's actually, I think, it's supposed to kind of be based off Drew Tarver's actual life because his sister is a singer, and she was American Idol did like a kids version for a while, or like a teen version, and she was on that. So like he he's actually had to deal with this himself. So. It's uh, it's interesting. It's a real fun like, but also like uh, Molly Shannon plays the mom, so like it, it's like this chaotic family, but they all do love each other, which I always like. But like Bob's Burgers, Bob's Burgers yeah, yeah, totally. Like you, it, it's fun to see like Arrested Development, where it's like you know they love each other deep down, but like most of the time they hate each other. That's fun, but I really do like when you see families that are like, oh yeah, life is hell. But we like each other. Yeah, we stick up for each yeah. other for sure, man. Yeah. For sure. 
Now, I think that you guys on the streaming chat got oh, into God. something real good. We yeah. mentioned this last week yep. that you guys should yep. do it, you and I guess y'all it, and really, I went, I went that really night, because we recorded Friday, Yeah, and I went that night, and I was like, Ben says we have to watch Peanut Butter Solution, so... Peanut butter watch solution. the peanut butter right. solution. Steve, how much sense None. did that movie zero make? Sense. It makes zero sense. What it, kind of fucking crackhead I made no this idea. movie? I have no idea what's going on. Celine Dion did the music. Celine Dion on the soundtrack doing her first English language songs. Right. She was like 17 or 18. Mm-hmm. We got to the end of the movie and I was like, is that goddamn Celine Dion? And it's an... Okay, so... <laughs> the title makes you think that... The peanut butter solution is going to be central to the entire movie. No. But in no. fact, it's just something that happens about a third of the way through the movie that he's making something from a spell he got from ghosts. Uh, I, hobo ghosts. Hobo ghosts. Wino ghosts. He's making like a, a, a potion from something they told him. Regrow his hair because he got the hair yeah, and scare him. But then he says it's too thin, and his solution to that is to add peanut butter. I added too much peanut butter. Right. Peanut butter should be a thickening agent. Now the movie is not about that. Nope. Nope. <laughs> it's it's about it's. I think it's about ripping off Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Right. Like somebody, a creepy guy, starts collecting kids. But I also, guess that is an element. Yeah. But also at one point. A kid, this peanut butter stuff makes your hair grow, and a kid puts it on his dick. Yeah, how and about this, that? This is a this is not like a teen kids movie. No. This was supposed to be a kids kids, kids movie. movie. He's like, let me have some so I can put it, you know, down there. So then he's walking around with pubes hanging out of his fucking like hanging out of the bottom of his trousers. Yeah, how does that make you feel? Now that's you hilarious, but. That wasn't intentionally completely hilarious. off color. Yeah, completely, dude. Like uh, the movie itself was unintentionally hilarious because it was just like, what the fuck why is? Were, why were they feeding him yogurt? Who knows? He was on the special yogurt diet. Oh, what was happening in that movie? I have no idea. Everybody hated it. So yeah. Yep, everybody officially hated it. It was real clear in the chat. Everybody was like, what the fuck is it? <laughs> it is It is seriously the most surreal movie yeah. I've about ever seen. It's a weirdo. It will yeah. make you feel like you are on yeah. drugs. I know uh, Brandon Wood had been recommending it for a while. And, like, It's one that I know a ton of people saw as a kid and it fucked them up. I yeah. didn't see as a kid. It would have fucked me up if I saw it as a kid. kid. Yeah, oh, definitely. Well, it's funny, too. Like, if you want to have some fun with this, go on IMDb and read some of the user reviews. (laughs) Because there's so many people on there that are reviewing it, even though they haven't seen it in 20 years. Oh, so there. Most of the reviews are people going, oh, my God, I can't believe I finally found this. I thought it was like a fever dream I had when I was a kid. And, I love those movies. Oh, dude, they're the best. I love anything that you you like start talking about you saw as a kid, and everybody's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. And then you find out it's real. Well, it's like, the thing is, yes! like, if you're telling people, like, I think I saw this thing when I, when I was a kid about this like evil teacher at a school that was <laughs> turning this kid's hair into magic paintbrushes. <laughs> it's just like, no, dude, you were very ill. You're recounting what you're thinking about when your what, brain was boiling. Because who, what adult would come up with that? I don't know. I don't no know, idea. man. But most of the reviews are people being like, I remember a scene where his hair was so long it stretched across a soccer field and there was a kid that got mauled by dogs. Like no, yeah. Stuff that didn't happen in the movie, but people clearly remember happening. 
I love reading the reviews for it. It's great. I, I, I did not understand why they never thought to just cut their hair. Like, maybe you have to do a haircut a day, but it'll be normal length at the end of the day. It's not going to be a big deal. Like, just shave your head in the morning. By the time you get to school, you'll have hair. By the time you get home, you'll have long hair. Shave it the next morning. You're fine. Like, what was the fucking... Like, why were there no... There was no logic to the movie. It made no sense. The peanut butter solution. It made no fucking sense, dude. I'm so glad that others have been inflicted with this movie because it's one of those ones that after I saw, I was like, other people need to share my pain. (laughs) You know? Other people need to be through what I have been through yeah. watching this fucking movie. Yeah. I, I'm glad you were stupefied because you came back I and was... you were like, I don't know what you meant. It made complete sense. <laughs> that would have been crazy. I would start going like, which one of us is the lunatic? <laughs> it would be me for sure because <laughs> that movie doesn't make any sense. There's a, a rip of it on YouTube. I recommend yeah. everybody watch it. Yeah, that's what we watched and it, it's fine quality. That, as good as you're going to want to see it in, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. Better quality won't Why? improve the movie. Right. <laughs> it's not going to make it any better. Definitely watch that one, man. You know, while you guys were watching that, we watched one just completely on a whim that we had never heard of. It just showed up on mm-hmm. like Hulu or something like that. And we were like, okay, let's bite. Let's watch this thing. Yeah. It was a movie called The Tenant. It was ah, by Polanski. Roman Polanski. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it was, I believe, after, yeah, it was after um, Rosemary's Baby. Okay. And what was the one he did before that? Uh, Repulsion. Repulsion. Yeah. yeah. These three movies are kind of his. I Repulsion. I've seen. Trilogy. I have not seen the Tenant. I've never seen Repulsion. Is it any good? Yeah. 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 Dude, the Tenant. I mean, he's a talented director. He's he is. A, he's, he's a child molester. He's, he's a, a talented director. convicted child molester. Yeah. Uh, but. Did make a couple good flicks. Yeah. The Tenet, dude, you should watch this movie. Mm-hmm. It okay. is really fucking strange. Okay. It is really strange. I think I've read the synopsis of it. Is this the one? Oh, wait, no. Go. You you tell me about it. And... So Roman Polanski is the main character in the movie. Okay. And he's this guy that moves into this recently vacated apartment because uh-huh. this woman that was living there like threw herself out a window. Right. She's like on her deathbed. Okay. And he moves into her apartment and becomes obsessed with her and starts like wearing her clothes that she huh. left in the apartment and like basically kind of like reliving her life that she had, like going to the same cafes she went to and yeah. ordering the same thing she did. But also he's like kind of a compulsive liar, but mm. also kind of harmless at the same time. Right. Dude, it is strange. And there are some shots, especially like later on in the movie, that are inexplicably fucking awesome, dude. Okay. And I, I would love to see the sets where they built it. Like, yeah. And again, this isn't spoiler or anything. I think probably because if you know anything about Rosemary's Baby or Repulsion, it's like Polanski loves putting people in apartments and making them freak out and go paranoid and stuff. Right. This is another one of those movies. Yeah. It's a I guy mean, in an apartment slowly losing his mind. Basically the idea of the isolation of living in a big city. You're exactly. surrounded by people, but you're alone. Yeah. yeah. There's this one shot where like he's sick and he's got a fever and stuff and he's kind of like tripping out and everything. And like next to his bedside, there's like a, a chair that has like a bottle of water on it. Mm-hmm. And he goes to like reach for the bottle of water and he can't pick it up. His hand is just like in front of it and he can't grab it. Hmm. And it's because it's not a chair. It's like a Trump Loy painting oh. of a chair with a bottle on it. Okay. But it's in the correct perspective. So it doesn't look like a painting. It just looks like he can't grab this object that's in front of his hand. And then later on that same night, he gets up and like walks from one end of his apartment to like the window. Mm-hmm. 
and it's all in camera. It looks like he's shrinking hmm. as he walks to the end of the apartment. It's like they built the front side of the apartment normal size right. and made it expand right. towards the back yeah. wall. It's nuts. You'll watch it and be like, I don't know how the fuck they mm. did that, but it's amazing. It's really a- slow, really slow movie, but I think you'd like it. It's, um, I mean, I don't know how to deal with it. Like when it comes to things like Jeepers Creepers, it's real easy to just be like, this movie doesn't have any value because it's a child molester's reveling in getting away with it yeah. basically um but then like you have polanski who is a child molester yeah. who should be treated the same way as victor salva but he he did contribute to the art like he brought a lot to the art so it's like you can't avoid talking about him you can always preface it with that child molester roman polanski yeah but you can't take away the accomplishments. You can't take away. Yeah, you can't deny that the work yeah. is good. I mean, it, he was a piece of shit. For sure. uh, yeah. Like outside of molesting children, he treated Sharon Tate like absolute oh, shit. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. So fuck him. I mean, he, he was already an asshole before he molested kids. But that's. I mean, that's that's true of a lot of artists. It is. They're it doesn't make it right. But it it's doesn't like, make it right, and it doesn't excuse it. It also doesn't make PYT not catchy as fuck. Right. <laughs> You know, yeah, it's I, tough. It's one of those things I yeah, wrestle with myself. I, boy, I mean, you you turn on the ignition remix. I'm I mean, not gonna you know. fucking yell at you because R. Kelly <laughs> pisses is a on piece of garbage. Teenage girls. Holy cow, that guy's a maniac. Because that song's so fucking good, but yeah. it's like, but fuck don't forget R. Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't give him a free pass yeah. just because he liked the song, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we watched that movie. It was awesome. I totally recommend it. Mm. I mean, like I said, it's slow. Yeah. But I kind of expected that. Yeah, into I think it. all three of those are pretty slow, and totally. they develop in a way that is uh, like madness, basically. Yeah, the yeah. idea that madness comes on slow. Macho madness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we also last night watched Villains, which all is right. another wild card. Like, I had never heard of this. I have not heard, never of heard of this. Of you, you were telling me before this. Yeah. Villains. It and was cool, man. It's got, it's got a Pennywise in it. It's got Pennywise, uh-huh. the Scars Guard in uh-huh. it. And it's also got, uh, fuck, what's her name? Old girl. Kira Sedgwick. Oh, okay. Kira Sedgwick. Kira Sedgwick. Gotcha. And again, this totally flew under the radar. It's kind of horror, yeah. I guess. It's, it's definitely got a lot of levity to it as uh-huh. well. So it's, it's like a very dark comedy more than anything. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's just basically about this, this couple, Bill Skarsgård and something Monroe. I can't remember her first name. Marie okay. Monroe or something like that. All right. And they're like amateur uh, robbers. And they're fucking idiots. Not professional yet. <laughs> no. I mean, you, you watch this stuff and you're yeah. like, this is not their second rodeo. Yeah. This they're is their no first wet rodeo. bandits. No, 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 no. Or sticky bandits or any of those. All right. And they just kind of fuck everything up and they're idiots and they end up trying to rob this one house and finding a dark secret within uh, and kind of get trapped in the house with the people that own okay. the house. It's interesting, man. That is interesting. Yeah. I think a lot of it probably deals with like attitudes of like patriarchy because okay. the, the couple that owns the house is like very 1950s leave it to uh, beaver and then this couple is you know obviously modern. like younger and more mm-hmm. modern i think a lot of it has to do with patriarchy through the ages yeah uh i need to watch it again honestly it was very interesting i recommend I, checking it out i read it's like an hour and a half to it short i read the other day that uh, um a in a survey recently yeah. They had taken a survey in the eighties of of how much how many husbands like or how many fathers had changed a diaper 
and it was something like seven percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, in that's moder- insane. Modern day, it's more like seventy-five percent. Like men have changed that much in forty years. I'm gonna call that a good thing. That's a very positive thing. Can you think about that? Like, just really consider that there was a period where the idea of a man changing a diaper was like, huh, fucking. Why don't you grab a rosé while you're at it? Like, <laughs> what? Like, how is that unmasculine? Un- yeah, how's that what are you unmanly? Gonna do? To, to raise your child? Of, I created this child <laughs> with my This was my idea. And my beautiful wife's egg. <laughs> this child came from us. It shit itself. Now I can let it lay there and it shit or change the fucking diaper of the thing I made. It's way manlier to neglect that child. Yeah, it's manly. <laughs> like, is that what you're fucking saying? asshole? <laughs> I'm gonna call that good change. Yeah, it's I'm a gonna good call change. That good We've change. had a, I think that, but I, th- I think it's a real positive, uh, a real positive like look on modern masculinity. Is uh, we still got a long ways to go, but man, shit's changed. That's better. Shit's done definitely changed. better. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to raise a toast to that and get myself a drink off a of cold beer. Woo! I got cold this beer. empty old glass in front mm-hmm. of me right now. It looks dull. I just had a cold beer at MOB before, because uh, you, were, you were still teaching. Yeah, still working. Yeah. I had um, High Wire, which is recently added a, a Knoxville tap here in Knoxville. Yeah, yeah an Asheville brewery. Uh, they did a collab with... Local brewery, Crafty Bastard. They went to Planet Colob with they Crafty did. Bastard? They went to Planet Colob, which is the planet closest to God, we all know. <laughs> and they, they make uh-huh. beer there? That's true. <laughs> they would have to, Sign right? me up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they had this collab that was, um, it was like a tropical milkshake-y. Like it was creamy, but it doesn't have lactose in it. Okay. So it was like a little creamy, but real like, I would say grapefruity slash tropical fruity you know i'm on board with that it was so good sounds yeah. really good yeah. man so what's well, this? this is also a collab this is mini hops we added which describes itself as a double hop sour ipa with mosaic amarillo citra victoria's secret huel melon and tahiki hops and this is a collaborative beer brewed between uh, Pretentious Beer Works down here in Knoxville mm-hmm. and Zool Beer Company. X-U-L, I think it's Zool. Where Maybe it's Exol. They are also in Knoxville. I don't know where. Oh, they're new then. Very new. Okay. I don't even know if they have a tap room open yet. Okay. Yeah, but I've seen them doing some collabs and stuff. So I look forward to checking yeah, this thing out. This it's out. about 6%. Oh, that's pretty nice. On the ABV, pouring this out of a big old crowler to go can here. Wow. got a little drip on the side of yours. That's, drip um, on my notes too. What color is that? Golden. I mean, it's like, it's like a pale golden yellow, a little but hazy, also hazy. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Um, even from it a foot great. away, yeah. it smells fantastic. Yeah, it does. It smells really, really good. Got a nice level of effervescence to it and stuff. I imagine I'm going to enjoy this. Oh, yeah. Is that all right? Yeah. Is that as all right with you as Jesus? It really is. I think. The sour IPA might be the way to go with a sour. Oh boy, I that not, is good. Uh-huh, I have not had a sour IPA that tastes like bile. No, not I haven't one. Do you think they kind of like mount? Ooh, kind of the way a, that that hits your palate in like two different phases. Yeah, is it really does. interesting because I suddenly had a, like a cereal sort of taste to it. You taste the grains on yeah. the back end for sure. Like up front, it's all sour and hoppy. And then as it kind of settles down, it almost has more of, like you said, a, a grain-like sort of flavor to it. 
That's really, That's really good. good. Yeah. I'm very okay with yeah, that, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm well into that. Way That's to go, pretentious. Yeah. You guys never let us down. No, they do not. Now, Steve, we're here today to talk about Army of Darkness, which mm-hmm. is, of course, the third installment in the Evil Dead series. Yeah. Of course, we've done Evil Dead 1 and 2 on back episodes of our award-deserving podcast. Be sure to check those out. Yeah. And rate and review on iTunes. Please so. It actually really would help us out if you dropped that some reviews. That is true, yeah. It you does know? help. Hey, I'm going to go ahead and dump this on you here, too. Dump them. Check this out. Because I want more reviews for this show. Yeah. Um, You know how they, they tell you to do that thing when you're an online content creator where they're like, don't read the comments, don't read the reviews. Right. That's what I do, generally. I read them all. Oh, like, you do? <laughs> I, I read all of my content uh, comments. Yeah. I read all of my reviews. I read everything. I The ones I have read have been generally positive. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Absolutely so. And the ones that are negative are usually for people being like, uh, they don't like Trump. Uh, and I'm like, I don't really care about your opinion anyway. If that's what you're going to... Can gonna, I interrupt just If that's the hill sec. you want to die on, whatever. You know what? Actually... I'm gonna I'm gonna let you I'm finish. Gonna let you finish. <laughs> I'm gonna let you finish. But I, I do I want to go back to the politics thing because I, I I realized something yesterday that I think applies specifically because we are in the South. Yeah. And the rest of the, some of the people who are saying don't talk politics, I don't think understand what it's like living in the South. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, you you've got a point there. Yeah. You've got a point. Well, what I want to do to try to encourage you guys to drop some reviews here for the show, yeah, I'm going to tell you this. In your review, which I will read because I read the reviews, just remember on iTunes, if you have dirty language in there, they won't post it, right. so make it a G-rated review. Mm-hmm. At the end if of you your review- If you want to say great dicks, say great penises. Exactly. There you go. Exceptional junk. Mm-hmm. And uh, fat hogs. How about that? Oh, yeah, fat hogs. Fat there hogs. <laughs> If you guys will post a review on there, at the end of your review, put a question that you would like me and Steve to answer. We'll answer it. It can be a question about whatever. Something about like Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, a favorite movie, a childhood Mm -hmm. movie. Just whatever. Ask a question at the end of your review. Yeah. We'll compile some and answer them on the show sometime. That's a good idea. You know, I want to stay in touch with the fans. I want to answer their questions and stuff. But I also want more iTunes reviews. That's true. We do need them. Yeah. We need... need, Because like iTunes only does in .5s. Yeah, they I, did they ever do it in, in a more accurate way? I don't think so. It, it really it seems like the algorithm is like once you get enough reviews under five stars, they'll take you down to four point five. Right. Like we have the majority are five majority star reviews. Fives, yeah. But then we have the one stars from the almost all of them. I would from the one the comments on the one stars seem to be all. Stop talking politics. Yeah, basically. Right. There's occasionally somebody that'll be like, it takes an hour to get to the movie part. There's always fucking timestamps yeah, in the description. Yeah, we do put the timestamp in the description. If you just want to get in to fact, the movie, it's If this there. is your first time listening and you've gotten 39 minutes in and been like, why aren't they talking about Army of Darkness? It's check, always this way. Check the description. <laughs> It'll tell you exactly the timestamp when we start talking to Army of Darkness. Yeah, yeah. This whole podcast is just a thinly veiled cover up for the fact that we just want to hang out yeah that really is and drink it. beer that's like, it we that's had to pick a topic it. for something uh-huh, so yeah. horror was, movies i mean what were we gonna do just two guys talking that's every podcast that's every podcast yeah. i think two white guys talking <laughs> if that's <laughs> not the name group of, the podcast, of white guys yeah. is a podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you see a bunch of white guys talking loudly in a restaurant they're probably they're recording. probably casting yeah yeah exactly <laughs> But yeah, definitely go on there and uh, rate and review. And like I said, put a question at the end of your yeah, review. We'll and we'll answer, answer it. it on the show. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Okay, so. So back to my politics. Back to that. Okay. Here's the thing. Tell me the thing. People perhaps 
who grew up outside of the South may find some like value in politics not being involved in every element of your life. Sure. When you live in the South and you're liberal, you it's have fight to, to survive, dude. You have to understand that politics are involved in every moment of our lives. And this is what made me realize, realize like why we talk politics all the time. I was driving behind a car the other day, had a scripture. Uh, it was a truck scripture on the back window. As I drive by it on the side, it says Patriot pools. They sell pools, swimming pools. The name of it is Patriot pools. Yeah. Because they're political in selling pools. They're right. also <laughs> religious in selling pools. It's fucking so everywhere. So when we talk politics and religion, when we talk horror movies, it's because we have been inundated yeah, our entire fucking lives that everything is you know, political. That's true, though, because if you go to some other areas of the country where everything isn't. Yes. So they, they get the safety and yeah. security of every once in a while I can just not talk politics. And, and also being like, why are they talking about this stuff all the time? Because it's we're everywhere. It. It's everywhere. We can't get away from it. It's everything we deal with. My, good point. My, like, Jefferson County is patriot everything. Oh, yeah. Like, we both were born and raised in Jefferson County. Everything is patriot. Jefferson County's high school mascot is the Patriots. It's all about politics. Everything is political. Everything is religious in the South. And every message you get is conservative. I was going to say, very one-sided. Right. So extremely. So you so have it, to fight. Yeah. You got to so fight if, back. If we come off as somewhat thorny in those regards, yeah. just consider where we are. Yeah, consider where we are. This is our perspective because of where we live. Yeah. But you I got mean... A point. Uh, I, I understand. If you if you come from a perspective where you can just escape politics, it probably does suck to have to hear it when we're talking about horror movies. Though I don't understand oh, how horror movies are just yeah, political. I don't understand real. how yeah. you watch horror movies and don't see the politics. No, but uh-uh. um, that won't change. <laughs> just letting you know if uh, if you've if you've made it to episode one forty four, thinking eventually they'll stop po- talking politics. Probably not. No. <laughs> Just start that podcast yourself. Start that podcast yeah. that you want to hear, man. Yeah. Don't well, curse the darkness, light a candle. People may think, like, I, I have said that to some people who've yeah, like, totally. talked to us, and they may think that they, it's being it's a flippant answer. It's not. No, I'm, I'm not being a dick. I'm saying, yeah. seriously, start that podcast, because if you want to hear it, other people definitely do, too. Well, you and the other eight people that gave us a one-star review definitely want to hear that podcast. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> you've, got a, you've got an audience. <laughs> there, There's an audience. What does it fucking matter? And maybe you'll learn something. Maybe you'll learn something and come back in, like, two years and be like, you know what? I judged you guys wrong. Maybe. I hope you don't. I hope you don't learn shit. I hope you fucking make a podcast and it takes off and you make thousands and thousands of dollars in your first fucking year. And then in every interview you say, I started this because there's this other podcast that called I Dead hate. and Lovely. Right, yeah. Use the name. Use the name. Yeah, Advertise please. for us. Yeah, please. Please. please make fun of us by name. By name, please. <laughs> you know. And I hope too, whenever they do this, I hope it's like the anti-Dead and Lovely and it's like, this is live and ugly. Hell yeah. Do it. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I would love it. You know what? Like, I want to inspire people. I either really way, do. I don't care. Like I don't care if you make your Trump loving horror podcast. Fucking do it. There are people that want to hear people it. People want to hear it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so. <laughs> Sorry. I did let you finish. Put that soapbox away now. Put that thing away. I'll just put this away. Yeah. Right. Get off the cross, Jesus. We need the wood. All right. Get this thing Damn over it. here. Damn it. Okay, so we're talking Army of Darkness today, which, of course, like I said, is the third installment in the Evil Dead franchise. And you know what? It's goddamn fantastic. It is. This is your first time this seeing it. This movie is a delight. Yes. But it's also reminded me that, you know what? There's lots of other horror franchises in the, out there that have had third installments, some of which have been great, mm -hmm. some of which have not been great That is at all. true. Yeah, we have gone through... And we've looked at the major, like, 80s, old school, old school, like, horror franchises, and we've ranked from one to seven <laughs> the best part threes. That's right. Now, yeah. we're not going to be getting into some newer stuff. There's some newer franchises with oh, yeah, part threes yeah. that you like. like. Paranormal Activity 3, I think, is probably the best Paranormal it's Activity. It's only many movie. times. It's actually yeah. very good. Yeah. Um, Saw 3, is that any Saw good? Saw 3 is bad. Final Destination 3 is great. That's one you actually yeah. like. I love yeah. that one, yeah. So, like, it's interesting that, like, sometimes a series can take off because it, I don't know what it hits. Like, it just hits the right note, but it's not good. Uh -huh. And then when it hits that third, like, moment, they've kind of hit their groove and they know what they're doing and maybe they can do it a little bit better. I think that's what happened with Paranormal Activity 3 specifically. It's like they learned so much from the first two that they could make it work best. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, three can be a sweet spot for sure because yeah. you have the first one that's just like, whatever, maybe this works, and yeah. maybe it does. Yeah. The second one, maybe you try something yeah. a little different, and, and people sequel. are like, yeah. we don't want Pinkerton. It's too introspective. <laughs> yeah, so Green Album. <laughs> and then yeah. you get it all wrong. Yeah. Or sometimes you get it all right after yeah. that, you know? Sometimes. So before we get into talking about Army of Darkness, I say we take a second here. Let's let's step on into that preview palace. Добро пожаловать в Preview Palace. <laughs> oh, thank you, comrade. <laughs> thank you, friend. It may be na Preview Palace. I'm not sure how we're going to go ah, with that. Yeah. Okay, right on. V na seem to be interchangeable sometimes. Go ahead. And let's rank this thing up from the worst to the best. Whenever yeah. we're talking about these old school franchises, the classic franchises yeah, of we're horror. we're talking like... Evil Dead, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Halloween, Halloween, Hellraiser, Child's Play, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Everybody's Those are the favorites. Big ones. Yeah. Everybody's favorites. What do you think is the worst part three? Hellraiser 3. Hellraiser 3 blows. <laughs> Without a doubt. It Hellraiser. blows. Because, like, I'm not huge on Hellraiser 2, but the the look of it is real cool. It at least looks yeah. like it fits with part Hellraiser one. Hellraiser 3, uh, that's, that's really where, like, the Cenobites start to become villains. Yeah, Whereas exactly. before, yeah. there is just like, there's no there's no villainy there's no heroics it's just nihilist exactly yeah, yeah they they totally did lose track of where everything was going with part three mm -hmm. you know yeah. yeah like you said just the complete misunderstanding of the cenobites also wrapping that shit up with like trendy modern technology yeah. like with the guy that gets what? he's like throws cds or some shit the shining moment of hellraiser 3 i would think isn't that the one with adam scott in it i believe that's adam scott oh god first, i think it is yeah i think it's adam scott's first role wow so that's the shining moment of hellraiser 3 is that adam scott <laughs> it brought uh, adam scott got a career out of it yeah <laughs> it's not good though like no. you said part one i really love yeah part two is still like interesting visually it's even though the story doesn't for, make a lot for of that sense. mattress scene yes you know, with that skinless dude just uh -huh. rolling around yes. and screaming. That is fucking brutal. It's fucked yeah. as all hell. There's cool stuff in it, but yeah, yeah, there's really honestly nothing about 3 that's memorable no. other than how shitty it is. Yeah. So that's the bottom of my list, too. Now, Ben, I know you haven't seen this one. 
but you do know the general plot. Child's Play 3. Yeah, I've not seen the third one, uh, but I know it has something to do with like a military yeah. academy, and I know yeah. that most people don't like it. Right. So the kid from the first one gets sent to a military academy, and it's just, okay. So like, here's the thing about Child's Play 3 is that it's actually like measures better than Hellraiser 3, I would say for yeah. sure. Like it's still watchable, and like some of it's still fun, but... In comparison to all the other Child's Plays, it's one, boring. Like, Child's Play 2 was already kind of boring because they just sort of repeated themselves a lot totally. with what they were doing. And then Child's Play 3 is just like, who gives a shit? Yeah, nobody like, cares. Nobody cares. That they, like, you're just doing the same things. It's not till later, you know, especially with Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky where it got, like, goofy and fun. Yeah, they just start having fun with yeah. it, really. Yeah, I need, I need to watch it. I know that we'll do it on the show at oh, some yeah, point. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've already done the first two, so we'll get to three eventually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's next in this series? So this one, we both, <laughs> we have done. Friday the 13th part three the 3d one now yeah. I know that that's kind of a hot take because I know a lot of people legitimately love yes, they do. part they three do. Yeah. and I understand I mean it's just full of those cheeky schlocky did you notice this was in 3d let me throw a yo-yo <laughs> oh, at you whoa yeah. Yeah. I understand and it is you know the first time we get mm-hmm. masked Jason hockey yes. mask Jason and that's stuff. cool but there's and the Jason no in it points. is a good like the guy playing Jason is he's good. pretty good yeah. he's good yeah. yeah but there's overall just not much point to the movie no, it's seriously not. just like there's some kids and Jason kills them that's the story I don't know not something that I really love but I know that a lot of people really did dick that one yeah um and and I you know the, again like as I said Child's Play three is measures above Hellraiser so is Friday Thirteenth Part three like even though I don't love it oh it's way better like than hellraiser it's, yeah it's still so much better so like like this it's, list it's better this than list where it goes seems from kind of like shit pile to like garbage to like great movies yeah <laughs> like real quick because yeah, we're not saying it's terrible yeah because like i would say the one we have at four is a good fucking movie which so, one we got at four Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, Leatherface. Okay, I haven't seen Leatherface yes. either. You need to see this one. It's got uh, Viggo Mortensen in it. Oh, shit. It has <laughs> a scene with Leatherface and a, a, a sea and spell. Okay, <laughs> yeah. sign me up. This the sounds great. Creepy little girl, like uh, Alfredo. God damn, that character's so fun. Um, he'll remind you kind of a Bill Mosley like the, the guy who chop plays top. him yeah he he really plays it kind of chop toppy okay yeah how does it compare to like tcm2 because that movie oh, is batshit crazy tcm2 is more of a joke leatherface texas chainsaw massacre 3 gets more back to the darkness oh okay like, yeah cool man yeah when so, was that made is that oh 80s? god damn late 80s okay i think yeah, yeah, yeah. or early 90s but this because, is not uh, the one with like mcconaughey and stuff that's no the new no that's, breed or whatever. Uh, that's four okay yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the one with McConaughey and uh, Renee, Renee Zellweger. Zellweger yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and McConaughey has, like, a mechanical leg that he works with a television remote. What? <laughs> that movie's weird. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, I need to sit down and watch 3 sometime. Uh, yeah. You think it's better than uh, than Friday the 13th Part 3? Yeah, oh, by far. Okay. So much better. Because, like, the thing is that Friday the 13th Part 3 is, like, it's better than Hellraiser 3. It doesn't lose the plot. Like, that's the thing is that... Hellraiser 3 lost the plot of the first two movies. Absolutely. Child's Play is too much like the first two movies. Mm. 
Friday the 13th Part 3 loses points because it keeps trying to do that 3D shit and the, the story is annoying. But it's still a fun... Jason Voorhees killing kids. He's I wearing love the hockey that. mask. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's still fun. So uh, Leatherface is a fun movie. I, I really... I mean, fun. A guy gets nailed to a chair. Uh, <laughs> it's a good movie. Okay, yeah, right on. Yeah. Well, now we're getting up yeah, into we're getting that into good top territory. three here, uh-huh. man. So we're getting into some legit great flicks. Now, in this top three here, what are you going to put as Trace? Um, This one's not hard. I mean, when we, when we ranked the top three, it, we did it pretty quick. Yeah, it's pretty unanimous between the two of us. Yeah. Here. No arguments. Were, Halloween were three. Season. Season of, of the, the Witch. Witch. How, here's why it's so good. Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins. <laughs> um, That's it. It's silly as shit. Yes. But it's also like brutal. Yeah. And weird. And weird. So weird. And I, I think what a third part has to do, like what I just said, like Child's Play 3, too much like the first two. Too boring. You're not... Yeah. Re- like they it's tried more to the add, same. They tried to change the setting... It to, to really add new elements to it, but that it didn't do much. Still telling the same yeah. story. Hellraiser, you went outside of what you had set up in the first two. Halloween 3, part two, we have said in the past, really lost like all the coolness of Michael Myers. Yeah, it really did. And, and, and John Carpenter's plan in the beginning was to do an anthology type of thing where it would be just a movie set at Halloween. So part three picks up on his vision. It gives us something new to look at instead of what we got with part two, which was that terrible mask. Shitty hospital. Shitty hospital. Yeah, it's so different. But then it's also like, if it didn't have the title Halloween, if it was just titled Season of the Witch, it would be considered an 80s horror classic. Oh, I absolutely agree with that. The only disappointment people had with it is that Michael Myers isn't in it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I think if they would have just saw it as, well, like we said in our review episode, if it was Season of the Witch Mm -hmm. from the makers of Halloween. Yeah. People would have gone to see it and they would have not been expecting Michael Myers. So they would have just watched the movie they were being presented. Which is weird as shit. Yeah, and dude. Fun. Yeah, and just grim and morbid at the yeah. end and stuff. Real grim. Really cool. Yeah. I, and it seems like that's one of those movies too that really does have like a big resurgence now with horror fans, where mm-hmm. people have come around and they're like, "Oh, oh yeah. no, part three is fucking." Yeah, I awesome. know. I know. Darcy the male girl, aka Diana Prince, on uh, Joe Bob's show, she loves it. Yeah. I believe Joe Bob Briggs also has talked positively about it. Oh yeah, our friends yeah. over on Say You Love Satan. They huge love fans. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. It's it's one that um, horror fans have come around on, but at the time people would have said, "No, nah, that was a terrible sequel." But now you look back on it, it's like, "No, that's what you cool needed." Cool original that's movie. That's really what your your series needed was completely. something completely different. Now, part two, or sorry, installment, installment two, number two, Numero second dose. place, <laughs> silver medal. <laughs> Also kind of gave a shot in the arm to this series that a lot of people it thought really had did. gone astray. We don't yeah. agree with that. No. We no, love part no, two. Yes, because part two was amazing. But part three really did establish the way the Nightmare on Elm Street series proceeded after that. Dockin'. Yeah, rocking yeah. like Dockin'. So Dream Warriors. Like Patricia it's Arquette, awesome. you bring back Heather Langenkamp. You got uh, Welcome to Prime Time, bitch. You got Bobby UK puppeteering with the veins. So you many got memorable Roland kills, Kincaid. man. The Wizard Freddy. Master. Uh-huh. 
Yes. You got so many great memorable moments of this, and it did set the mold for just how all of the other uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies were going to go, where yeah. there's all these individual kids with Which their individual a, nightmares. That was a kind of negative. Like, part four works, uh, despite all, like, despite Rainy Harlan, who I've said in the past, seems like a really genuinely good guy. Don't love his movies. No. Uh, Rainy Harlan is the director. It's like so MTV that part four. Like, I really loved. He did something with what they did in this part three that made that part four still work. But then everybody after it just kept dupli like trying to clone it. Yeah, totally. And it just didn't work. But yeah. on its own, on its own, part three is so fucking, it's fucking awesome, yeah. man. Really, really, really yeah. cool flick. That's one of those ones I think should be like a no-brainer. I know probably a lot of people are like, that should be number one. That's right. the best part three. But you forgot about the movie we're talking about today. I Army seriously of Darkness think is I, the best. I think it is. Yeah. I really, really mm -hmm. do think it is. And I, again, I love Dream Warriors. I love Season of the Witch. But dude, I fucking loved this movie. Yeah. I think it is the best part three of all shit. the classics. It's, it's like, uh, it's so ash. Like, it's it just really, a celebration of yeah, Ash. It's a celebration of that character in a setting that makes no sense. No sense. Zero sense whatsoever that they're suddenly in both the 14th century, but also a desert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in England, <laughs> but it's also a I desert. I know our dead and lobsters like to go to their, their deserts regularly, <laughs> but... Um, I don't. I don't think they have many of those on that island. I don't think that they do. I mean, we may be wrong about that. Let us know yeah, if we are. That's true. They might. They might have a single desert. That Oi, we're... I'm gonna go have a cuppa out on the dunes <laughs> with me and me mates. <laughs> Said no one ever. Said no one. <laughs> be sure to wear your SPF out there, love. <laughs> It's a desert, isn't it? <laughs> I'd love to hear the desert England accent. You know it would be different. It'd be exotic. Yeah. It'd be very, It'd be very exotic. exotic. Yeah. But dude, this movie just did so much of taking where they were going with part two, where they're like, you know what? We can take these characters and these settings in Evil Dead 2 and make yeah. them silly and Three Stooges-y, yeah. but still brutal and gory and scary and stuff, and people yeah. would be okay with it. And they were. Yeah. And they're like, what if we just went even further? further right into that territory which is actually what they wanted to do with part two as we talked about on our evil dead 2 episode go back and listen to that episode blah blah blah, blah. Uh, yeah um we talked about how that was what they actually wanted to do with part two was send him back to arthurian times and like but they just couldn't get the budget it was obviously going to cost a lot of money uh but evil dead 2 did so well internationally that producer dino de Laurentiis was like Okay, like I'll give you the let's money. Do the medieval to, yeah, thing let's now. do the medieval thing. Like, yeah. Which is pretty crazy too, because they kind of uh they kind of babe ruthed it with <laughs> Evil Dead too. Yeah. They're like at the end we'll yeah. make them fall into the pit yeah. into the portal and end up in the Middle Ages. So if anybody wants to make a sequel, that's There's the sequel they have right to make. There. Yeah. I mean, like, what if this movie had never been made though? That the ending of two would have been the craziest fucking <laughs> it would ending have been just ever. Fucking yeah. crazy, man. You'd be like, Well, there was this movie Evil Dead. And then Evil Dead 2 is kind of a remake of it. Yeah. Only at the end, he ends up in the Middle Ages. The end. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, that would have been the most <laughs> random-ass ending ever. Yeah. But the fact is, is I think that they knew mm -hmm. this will catch on. Yeah. Uh, the ending of this one, by the way, the original ending, did you... 
uh, well, you probably, I read about this. Okay, you yeah. watched the, the, the theatrical cut. I, I watched both the theatrical cut and the director's cut. Director's cut is about six minutes longer. Okay. There's only a little bit different. Yeah, I was just, wondering what was different about it. Yeah, it's just a little bit more of the effects and stuff. And cool. Not, not much is taken out. Uh, or not much is, is added back. It's just six minutes of uh, shots you didn't see before. But the ending... He starts taking the drops that he's he's given the drops to like fall Take asleep and future, wake up yeah. into the future. And as he's taking them, he's getting more drowsy. So he gets to five and he's super drowsy. And he takes another one. And he says five again. And then he takes another one and says six. So he took one too many drops. When he wakes up, he is in post-apocalyptic England, London, where you see Big Ben like destroyed and all this shit. Yeah. Uh. The fact that they edited that was genius because what they the ending they came up with made it possible to make Ash versus the Evil Dead with the show. Yeah, yeah, which I still haven't seen. Oh, but, it's but great! Now you're I'm gonna like dying it. to watch yeah, it. Yeah, you're gonna love it if you love Army of Darkness. You're gonna because lo- it is just it's goofy, silly, pure Ash. Lucy Lawless is in it. That always helps anything. Uh, I, I it it. If they had gone with the original ending, I don't know how they could have ever done anything with it in the future. So, like, this is one of those cases where the producer coming in and saying, like, no, you can't end it like that and, like, fucking with the artistic vision actually was a positive. Actually was good. Yeah, it's actually a really good thing. Wow. Because it gave us a future for Evil Dead instead of just being stuck at, oh, well, Ash went too far and the world's over. I mean, I guess you could make a post-apocalyptic Ash movie. But I'd watch that. I would too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, now I think about it, it wouldn't have mattered how they ended it. Unless he unless he died. Actually, you know what? They could have killed him and then just been like, oh, we resurrected him. And I'd be like, okay, I'm cool. fine with that. Let's <laughs> go with it. Because you just sent him back into time for some reason. And I was like, fine. I'd love to see Ash as a caveman fighting dead eyes. <laughs> sure, like, whatever. Give me all of it. I don't it. give a shit. This is like a Babylonian text yes, or whatever, right? It's so, awesome. Yeah, man. it's the Necronomicon. That yeah, is. yeah. It's like he could go back in time, or yeah, he could be. I don't know. You could even show him in hell. Like he dies and then Ash in hell. I'm fine with fighting that. demons. I'm yeah. totally okay with that. Yeah, like that. That is how. Like, I know. Like. We talked about this in Evil Dead 2 that Sam Raimi like really revels in the fact that he can make Bruce Campbell do anything. Like they're yeah. childhood <laughs> friends and he loves to fuck with him. So like part two, like he's like hitting him in the face with branches a whole bunch. Dragging and, him through the woods. Right, yeah, just fucking with him. Um in this movie, he really went all out to fuck with him. Just <laughs> telling him to do everything. Just like do this, do that. Uh pretend your uh foot is nailed to the floor and you're trying to run away. Like, and the thing about it is, though, is that Bruce completely understands that vision yeah. and nails it. He's he like, doesn't give a shit. He realizes yeah. he is a living cartoon character, right. so it will work if he does it. He's fucking amazing in knowing that. Like people, yeah. like people really. I mean, when you talk about acting, most people, if there's, they say to a person, "I'm trying to become an actor," the person looks at them and thinks. Is this Jennifer Aniston? Well, no. Does it have to be Jennifer Aniston? Fuck also, no. no. There's already you one. You can be Bruce Campbell. You can be any number of people. You can be this guy who, yeah, he's got like this like dashing chin and he's a handsome dude, but like 
There's he's ton weird of, and goofy as shit. He's a goofy motherfucker. There are a ton of other handsome actors out there. The reason why Bruce Campbell succeeds is because he recognizes who he is and what he looks like, and he plays it. Oh, yeah. Like, the actors who succeed are the people who don't try to pretend they are something else. They know who they are, and they be that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and the thing about it is, too, is that, you know, I, I, I watched the first Evil Dead a million years ago. Yeah. Love it. Watched Evil Dead 2, and I'm like, okay, I'm starting to see why people are so obsessed with Bruce Campbell and stuff. Yeah. Then you watch this movie, and you're like, oh, I yeah. completely He's get it. He's a fucking master. I completely yeah. get it. He is incredible in yeah. this, dude. He's so perfectly dashing and handsome yeah. and classic Hollywood, mm-hmm. but then also so silly. Silly. And like, and dude, his, his comedic timing and yeah. stuff is fucking perfect. Yeah. And Absolutely a lot of times awesome. his comedic timing is with himself. Yeah, that's the thing, right? He's he's playing with himself. So like he's thinking when he delivers a line, how would I deliver this line back to myself? Yeah, to me. Because there's a lot of ashes what? all over this movie. <laughs> yes, it's amazing. So like I said, this was actually my first time watching this. Yeah. I thought that I had seen it before. I mm. think it turns out that like it had just been on the TV during a Halloween party. Right. And also, this is one of those ones, too, that, you know, because this came out in, what, 1992, 93? 93, yeah. You know, by the time it... Well, I would say, you know, by the time that I hit my 20s or, or something like that, I kind of had already absorbed every scene and moment of dialogue of this from just like cultural oh yeah it is it's so like it it has a thread throughout pop culture yeah exactly i mean i'd already heard this is my boomstick right hail to the king give me some sugar baby give me some sugar baby yeah it's like i felt like i had already heard every line from this movie Mm -hmm. just from pop culture so i thought that i had seen it before and i hadn't and uh, us deciding to do this movie was kind of a last-minute decision. It was, We yeah. were going to do uh, a show with our buddy Brandon, but he and ended up having to push, push it back We're going to be doing bit. that in the future. Yeah, yeah. definitely, which is going to be great. Yeah. Uh, but we had a last-minute change of plans. It was like, let's do Evil Dead. Honestly, I was kind of like, I'm not really in the mood to watch this. Right. You know? Like, I yeah. didn't expect to really get into this that right. much. Because you're expecting Evil Dead 1 or Evil Dead 2. You're expecting that sort of thing. And th- but this movie's a different thing entirely. And I like, knew going into yeah. it that it was going to be medieval, Arthurian right. kind of times and stuff. And I was like, man, as much as I love Evil Dead 2, there's no way this is cooler than that. It's not in a cabin. Right. You know, it's not in yeah, that classic setting's horror setting. Yeah, the huge now instead of being tiny. Yeah. yeah. And again, you know, the third spot in tril- uh, in movie series and stuff isn't always the yeah. best installment. A lot so. of times it can be fucking terrible. Yeah. Just the same old, same old, nothing new. Yeah. So I wasn't really that amped to watch this. And I've had such a busy week and shit, too. Yeah. I was like, okay, let's watch this movie. Uh-huh. And... Kate and I were sitting here watching this movie the other night. She had never seen it either, it oh, really? turns out. And we were both just like, this movie's fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. You know, like we stopped it maybe yeah. 30 minutes in and I was like, is it just me or is this fucking great? Yeah, it's so fun. I assume this wasn't the first time you saw it. No, 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 no. I, th- this is, I mean, I immediately, whenever you texted me and said that, that Brandon wouldn't be able to do it, we had basically a day and a half to prepare for that. And I immediately texted you Army of Darkness because... I'd done the research already, basically, by doing Evil Dead 2 research. There right. was so much that I talked about in that episode that was about Army of Darkness. And I had also already put out in Evil Dead 2 my Army of Darkness theory about its connection to Lord of the Rings. Do a quick a quick run over right. that, just in case somebody <clears throat> hasn't heard that episode yet. So, basically, this movie incorporates a lot of 
elements of the Lord of the Rings books, but very specifically the Two Towers. So much so that if you watch this movie and then watch Peter Jackson's The Two Towers, Peter Jackson loves Sam Raimi and is very Clearly, much influenced obviously. by him. If you watch this and then watch The Two Towers, you will see so many shots that are almost the exact... There's even, like, there's a shot... The shot that actually like drew my attention to it is when the Deadites are marching on... Helm's Deep, basically. Yeah, essentially yeah. Helm's Deep, yeah. They're marching on it. There's a shot where a, a skeleton goes, ha! <laughs> and there's an exact shot of the Battle of Helm's Deep where an Urukai is, they're marching in, and he just goes, ah! Really? Yeah. Same shot, same angle, same everything. Like, Peter Jackson saw what I saw in this, was basically, this is redoing the Battle of Helm's Deep but like comedy and fun but there was so much of it that is just uh i mean because like the, uh, we'll get into some of the other literary sources but this is one of the most well-read horror movies ever made wow like, this movie is so many different great novels thrown all together but they really put in a lot of lord of the rings stuff there's the one particular scene that if you doubt me just go straight to this scene and you'll immediately be like, no, you're right. Uh, it's the scene where Ash, they're all like, like uh, the Deadites have marched on the castle and they're all kind of freaking out like all they're not going to win. And then Bruce Campbell gives his speech and then some people say, you have my allegiance. And then someone says, you have my steel and my sword. And my sword. And it's fucking. It's exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The forming of the fellowship. Like, it is so steeped in that Lord of the Rings and also that Peter Jackson was so steeped in Sam Raimi films sure. that he was like, well, yes, that's how we do the Battle of Helm's Deep. And that sounds crazy when you think about those influences, but at the same time, dude, it's like if you watch Evil Dead 2 and Dead Alive back to back, right? there are so, so similar. many similarities yes. between those movies. Peter Jackson the style loves of humor and Sam stuff. Raimi. Yeah, he loves that stuff. I'd love it if they did something together now oh God, that they're yes. both like just titans in, in Hollywood. They could do whatever they want. Like, yeah, I'd be very okay with yeah. that. Yeah, so I remember seeing so much hype about this movie whenever it was coming out. Because again, you know, it came out around 93. So this is when I was in like prime nine-year-old like comic book reading yeah. age. Yeah, and I remember there were so like, many ads. So many. Yes. Because they knew that nerds like Evil Dead. Yes. You know? So I remember like every comic book that I got had that full page uh -huh. ad in it mm -hmm. or it was on the back cover of the comic book or like if you picked up Wizard Magazine, it would just be covered in quotes. Again, I think that's where I picked up most of the quotes in this movie. It's probably old issues of Wizard. You know... That was one of the smartest marketing strategies because Sam Raimi had just made a comic book movie, Darkman. Oh, yeah, that's right. He made, because Sam Raimi wanted to make a comic book movie. He wanted to make Spider-Man, which he eventually did. But he wanted to make a comic book movie. The only comic book movies that had been out up to that point were the Batman movies. I mean, the, uh, the Superman, Superman, yeah. old Superman movies, but those, uh, those don't fit. The, the modern era of comic book movies starts with Tim Burton's Batman. Batman. That's sure. it. Yeah. yeah. So he created his own comic book character to be able to make a comic book movie. And comic book fans liked it. They were a big fan of the fact that he was a fan of comics. So advertising your next movie then in comics 
Perfect. Fucking genius. Yeah, yeah. Best yeah. billboard humanly yeah, possible. Yeah, because these are people who are already appreciative of you bringing the comic book style to cinema. Because, like, that is... Sam Raimi, like, Tim Burton's Batman is a Tim Burton movie. Sam Raimi's Darkman is a comic book movie. I haven't seen it. Is it good? It is good, yeah. Yeah, I think you'd like it. I mean, it it it's one of those things where we've we've moved so far in comic book movies that it would be easy to underappreciate it okay. but you do have to remember that spider-man hadn't been made like x-men hadn't been made yeah like, that was it, the best shit ever when it yeah, came out yeah. when dark man came out like it's it's real comic booky Isn't like he covered in like bandages yeah, or something yeah and again, it, again i remember seeing it advertised in comics yeah and it, it's uh, uh uh what's his name i have a particular set of skills that guy. I don't know who that is. Fucking shit. <laughs> Somebody in their car is like beating on their steering yes, wheel right now. as I am on my <laughs> own head. God damn it. The gray. Um, shit. Gandalf. No, not that one. Other gray. <laughs> He's another British. Liam Neeson. Liam God Neeson. Yes. <laughs> we made it. Okay, so it's got Liam Neeson it's in there. Liam Neeson in it. Yeah. It's uh, I, like it's real comic booky, but like. Like a love of comic books, like it, it really, because like I'm sure Tim Burton actually did have a love of comic books, but he he really has his own brand, his own style. And Sam Raimi does have this like wacky sort of style, but when he when you go into Dark Man, it's like it's like you're seeing the Spider Mans that will come. Like okay. you you a see preview. this, What's yeah, you happen? see a good preview of his future Spider Man movies. Yeah, run right on, man. Yeah. And, you know, of course, Sam Raimi is a noteworthy, super low-budget, get-the-job-done yeah. director. I mean, Evil and Dead was made for nothing in our hometown of Morristown, true. Tennessee. Yeah. Evil Dead 2 is made for next to nothing. Next to nothing in North Carolina, yeah. And I know that people always talk about, you know, like Robert Rodriguez and stuff like that for being that shoestring budget right, yeah, film he's director. he's the dude, but Sam Raimi Sam was, Raimi. he was the original. The OG. the OG, dude. Yeah. And this movie was definitely made for more of a budget than the yeah, other flicks, yeah, but uh, not that much. Not that much. It started at eight million, eventually expanded to eleven. Eleven million dollars to make this, though. To this make is this, a, it's, it's, that's it's what I'm saying, man. Heavy on effects, Sets, both like costumes. Yeah. Um, you may think there's some CG in this. There's actually zero. No, it is all uh, forward projecting or whatever. Like anytime you see a moment, like specifically when I think when you see the castle for the first time, you see it, it's like on a cliff, but the cliff is very obviously projected. Like there's no actual cliff there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There, there's a lot in here that looks a little dated, but that actually is how it was supposed to look because they were trying to copy Ray Herringhausen. It has a very Herringhausen yeah. feel. For yeah, they sure. were going for like Jason and the Argonauts or Sinbad type of stuff. Like, and they, they nailed it. Yeah. So know? even the stuff that you see where it's like, oh, that looks a little cheap. Actually, it was, it's supposed to look cheap. It was it was cheap. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you handed me $11 million, I could not make this movie. No, no way. You know? Not today, for sure. No. Fuck, no. no. Yeah, I mean, even adjusted for inflation, whatever that number would be, this is still yeah. a pretty fucking cheap movie. Yeah. Do you know if it did well at the box yeah. office? Did people like this when it came yeah, out? Yeah, it made about $26 million. That's, okay. Well, yeah, it's over, over budget and pro well over advertising, I imagine, because uh, from what I remember... Most of the advertising was in comic books. Yeah, like, totally. They didn't. They didn't go for a huge like. I don't remember seeing push. a commercial for it. No. Yeah, because it, it was it, it was like fans know basically like the fans will show up and the fans already existed. In fact, they knew the fans already existed because some of the people they brought in for this movie 
were huge fans and that's why they wanted to do it. Well, like whom? Like, uh, for instance, Bridget Fonda. Fucking who comes Bridget in, Fonda. Who, I think she has one line. Max. Yeah, at the that's most. That's it? Uh, but she's Bruce Campbell's girlfriend. Right. Danny Elfman uh, contributed the March of the Dead. That's crazy. He's not He's not even like the music guy. He just had, he gave like, Hey, let this. me do a song right. for this. That's uh, nuts. Bill Mosley. Now that was the one that was the biggest shock to me. Yeah. Is because I watched the movie. Never once did I go, holy shit, was that Bill Mosley? It was. Though. I never knew yeah, that that was him. Because he's completely covered in makeup. Yeah. He's and he, that big of a fan that he yeah. wanted to do whatever. Yeah. It's like, you don't yeah. even have to make me a main character. I don't care. Just put me in the movie. Yeah. He actually sent a letter to Sam Raimi wow. and he was like, hey, I was um, Chop Top in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and I hear you're doing Evil Dead 3 and... You know, I, I don't care what it is. I just like to be part of the movie. And then Sam Raimi sent him a letter back. and was like, oh, yeah, I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre, too. Yeah, come. Wow. We'll give you a roll. Fucking Otis P. Driftwood. Yeah, so he became the captain of the Dead-Eyed Army with that eye patch and then, like, the milky eye. Again, yeah. an eye patch and then an eye that obviously <laughs> couldn't see. I didn't notice that. It was really funny. So dumb. Yeah. But, like, I had no idea that was him until I watched that really excellent making of documentary that's, that's on YouTube, actually. You can just type in making of Army of Darkness. Yeah. And you'll find it's like an hour and a half long. And they were showing Bill Mosley, and I was like, what the fuck is he doing here? Yeah. And it shows the scenes where he's in the movie, and I'm like, I had no clue. Because that's a guy that, you know, again, especially after seeing Otis. Yeah. And, well, him as Otis. And I mean, Chop in the Rob Top. Zombie movies, yeah. Rob Zombie. Yeah. It's like you... You think of him as this huge, over-the-top, chewing yeah. up the scenery, larger-than-life character. But in this case, he's, he's an, he doesn't chew up any scenery. Like yeah, he, he's, he's a grunt. Really, uh, he, he does his job, which is basically to report to the evil Ash. And that's it. Yeah. And looks cool. And apparently... Um, apparently... Okay, so the, the milky eye, that was a contact he could not see out of. His oh. only sight was the corner... <laughs> <laughs> of of where the the eye patch was. That's not and good. And he had to ride a horse. <laughs> <laughs> that can't have gone well. Yeah, that so can't that, have gone well. That was at a all. bit of an issue. Bruce Campbell was talking about how he didn't really know how to ride a horse either. Yeah. He just like got super beat up riding right, a horse. Right. Yeah. And, and, stuff. and they they had him wear the cape so that you couldn't see his ass jumping up <laughs> off the saddle. saddle. Yeah. Dude, I'll tell you what though, man. Like Bruce is in prime. Yeah. Hollywood butt chin, yes, male hero shape. Yeah, in this, this dude. is this is like just a, a year before he got his own show, which was uh, uh, Briscoe, Briscoe County Junior. Yeah, um, he he really was like he's in his prime. Yeah. He looks great. He's he's he plays fifteen roles in this. Like he plays yeah, really, right. evil yeah. ash and then all the all little, little mini, ashes. mini evil ashes, yeah. <laughs> and and like every one of the, if you pay attention to all those little mini ashes, they're all doing different things. Yeah, they're all different, right? So he he acted fifteen different roles in crazy. this fucking movie. It's amazing. It's and, great. And dude, he is just so perfectly heroic, even though yeah. he didn't know how to ride a horse. Yeah. He sure as hell looked like he knew what he yeah. was doing on that thing. And, uh, his heroism is, is like, he's that relatable hero where you watch him fuck up. Like, he can't remember <laughs> Klaatu Barata Niktu. Yeah, he's like, Barata! Uh, uh, 
yeah. Like, he <laughs> fucks up, but it's like, oh yeah, that's probably how I'd be. <laughs> yeah, like I might, I might be able to pull out a cool one-liner every once in a while, but most of the time, I'm flying by the seat of my pants. Well, let's talk a little bit about the evolution of the character of 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 Ash. Yeah, because you know, again, even when I watched the first Evil Dead. I already knew Ash, and I already right. knew people had this huge love of this character, mm-hmm. and he was this just like macho badass guy. Yeah, you watch the first Evil Dead; he's kind of a little bitch most of the movie. Yeah, he's just a college student, uh, a science uh, major. Yeah, that we learn he's got chemistry books in his trunk. So he, yeah, he's just a dude. He's he. It's almost entirely luck that he doesn't get demonized like yeah. all the others well, like, the fact that he's like kind of cowardly yeah helps him keep alive yeah. more than anything and then part two is just rehashing of that a lot but, but he, he also more, is a bit more like yeah, you know, yeah yeah by the end of the movie he definitely gets a lot more cocky and a lot more swagger and we get groovy and we get yeah. more catch lines yeah. and stuff like this he gets a lot more crazy macho big star yeah i guess in part because he's been through the shit yeah yeah but in this movie Dude, if you compare like part one to part three, yeah. it's not even remotely not even, the yeah, same he's character grown at all. So much, he's changed so much. Yeah, like, he is an ultimate hard ass. Enough of this shit. Yeah, dude, <laughs> she doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, at all. He's super confident. Mm-hmm. He's super brave. He's super knowledgeable. How the fuck does he know how to do all this stuff? Like, it doesn't yeah. even make sense. He pulls out like a college chemistry textbook right. and out then of his he makes gunpowder yeah yeah and like a robot hand oh and shit also like this. by the way two towers scene where he makes the gunpowder and then worm tongue like has the the torch and he brings it over the thing and, yeah and saruman's like go oh, back up shit same that's thing in there happens too. in this movie yeah i absolutely remember that yeah because yeah. i watched two towers just you know a couple weeks ago um that's so in there to kind of answer how does he do that you kind of have to look at what the main source for this idea is and that's a connecticut yankee and king arthur's court it's basically just the idea that's a mark twain isn't it yeah mark twain uh it's basically just the idea if you live in the future that you'd have so much technology and ideas you could share with the past but like somebody asked this on reddit the other day and then also heather ann campbell on how did this get played was talking about this a little bit if you got sent in the past yeah you'll know what gunpowder is you won't know how to make it right <laughs> like, yeah yeah even if you had a chemistry book it doesn't give you a recipe for gunpowder it'll tell you that it's salt peter and and uh whatever else it is but it it doesn't have a recipe <laughs> you like like, if you got sent into the past, like, Mark Twain's ideal was basically the person being sent into the past would know these things. But I I don't know how to make an iPhone. Right, I don't even yeah. know how electricity works. No. And somebody just laughed. How does it work? Yeah, tell me about it. Say out loud, in words, how electricity works. Build me an you electrical can't. grid. Now, just admit, go for you it. don't know how electricity works either. Because it fucking is magic, as far as I know. And if I got thrown into the past like this, I'd have no idea what to do. Yeah, I'd so, tell them about stuff I'd seen, but I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't know how to do it. Yeah, so like the premise of it is basically just, okay, what have you got sent in the past? And also, you knew how to do these things. Yeah. Yeah, so we just kind of have to buy it. Like a lot of this, you just have to buy it. And I... I but I his charisma is so high, yeah, it's I do so buy easy it. to buy. Yeah. yeah, dude. It's like, it makes no sense whatsoever that this character that we saw in Evil Dead 1, who was like 
whimpering and hiding and running away and stuff like this is mm-hmm. now suddenly in the middle ages like calling all the shots yeah being a complete fucking badass mm-hmm. it I doesn't mean, make sense but also i don't care i mean the one way it does make sense is that he has a gun and like honestly if you had a gun in a time where they didn't have guns it'd be pretty easy to, that's a godlike power. yeah it'd be yeah. pretty easy to get people to do what you want Though I would imagine you'd have to worry every time you walked out your door that somebody would shoot you with an arrow. Yeah, exactly. Because take take that's gun. what I would want to do with yeah. the guy who has the god power in his hand. Yeah. Kill him. Yeah. <laughs> in the movie, whenever it starts off, like he's already you know enslaved in the Dark Ages and stuff. And one of my favorite things that this kicks off with is when he gets thrown into the pit. Mm-hmm. Which for for one, okay, again, this is like the 1400s or whatever, and they have this like crazy yes. mechanical yeah. steel mm-hmm. portal that opens to the pit. Yeah. It's like okay, there's no way they yeah. would have that back then. Well, I mean, it's desert England. It's a different place. Desert England, <laughs> yeah. right? But dude, whenever they throw him down into the pit and he's fighting the pit bitch, yeah. as, as she's the called, pit bitch is what she's called. Yeah, and dude, she's like this crazy dead eye zombie looking yeah. creature that punches him in the face. Like, just the whole... How stupid it is that you're in a fight with a zombie that's punching you in the face. And then also doing that, like, whole gymnastic routine down there in the pit. It's so stupid. We just saw somebody get thrown in the pit and then a geyser of blood. A geyser of blood. So... so what we have to understand is the pit bitch punched a geyser of blood <laughs> yeah, out of somebody. Punched him apart, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we see that, and then he gets thrown in, and it's fisticuffs. It's like, hilarious. It's so fucking dumb. I love it, man. Yeah. I mean, again, we talked about this in, maybe even in Evil Dead 1, but one of Sam Raimi's biggest influences is the Three Stooges. Like, oh, and it's you'll all see over it this movie. so much in this movie. Dude, yeah. that scene with like, the skeleton hands yeah. where he's like fending them all uh-huh. off and he puts up like the, the hand in the yeah. middle of the nose to keep the eye gouges. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so overtly yeah. over the top. Yeah. Wearing its influences on its shoulder and just going with it. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, because like, again, the, Bruce sells it, dude. Yeah, because Bruce can sell I think that's what you like always have to recognize with sam raimi's directing is that he realized bruce was something special yeah so like he knew like he knew he could say whatever to bruce and bruce would do it because bruce trusted him because they had made good shit together up yeah. to that point they were friends they have the same vision yeah. for sure so if you can make him do whatever and he's that talented that when you tell him to do something he just does it yeah like and you know it's going to turn out good. You want to put him on screen as much as you can, right? Like, just put him out there and have him do every goofy thing you've ever thought of. And that's this movie. He is a cartoon character. Yes. Yeah. Like, this is, at so many points, man, I think in my notes I wrote down, this is live-action Looney Tunes. Yeah, it is. Which is so funny when you think yeah. about this, this trilogy of movies and how they work together, because it's almost like a perfect spectrum of horror horror mm-hmm. and comedy yeah. where it's like part one they were really just trying to make a horror movie of course some of it turned out kind of unintentionally very funny right but it was just a horror movie yeah, yeah. part two is comedy. like okay comedy. well part two to me is like comedy but there's still like some brutality oh, yeah, still gore, good horror, horror in elements yeah. in there and then part three is just comedy. Yeah, there's nothing more to it. It's, it's an it's adventure a film. Yeah. It, it, goes, it goes out of the horror genre entirely. 
I wouldn't say it's really all that horrific. No, honestly. it's not no. even really that gory. Honestly, I mean, if you if you were to call this movie horror, honestly, you'd have to call Conan the Barbarian horror, right? Like, yeah, yeah, because it's like yeah, it's set in the past and there's yeah. monsters and stuff. Yeah, that's not really horror. No, exactly. I mean, yeah, if you're wanting to watch a scary movie, this isn't it. This is no. not it. That's but not if what you want to watch an awesome movie. Go for yeah, this. this is, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. This isn't a horror movie. It's a fucking awesome yeah. movie, you know? Yeah. yeah, this whole trilogy just kind of sits as a spectrum of, of mm-hmm. comedy to horror, where it's yeah. like, yeah, if you want to watch just a purely fun, funny movie, it's this one. If you want to watch something that is more old school and scary and classic right. horror, watch the first one. If you want to watch something in between, watch part two. Yeah. It's all right there in this trilogy of movies. Yeah, I, I think that... This actually helps me because I've been I've been struggling lately, especially with some of the movies we've been doing. We've talked about like the idea of like the dark thriller yeah. that's like this bordering so much on horror that it, like it could be mistaken for horror. I'm starting to see that like the borders of horror don't exist. No, there's not really a border. There's it's like horror is a thing. <laughs> it's almost like pornography. I know it when I see it. I know it when you see it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I know it when I see it. When I see horror, when I watch, uh, say, Seven, it's a horror movie. You can tell me it doesn't fit all the genre tropes. So? It's horrific. A man was made to eat parts of the refrigerator. <laughs> like, a woman was raped to death with a knife dick. Like That sounds like horror to that's me. That's horrific. Yeah. So, like, the border, like, to... This is a horror movie. Like, it's a horror movie because the two that preceded it were horror movies. But it's it has none of the tropes of a horror movie. Not really. But none. it's one of those movies that's, like, for horror fans. Yes. You know? So, like, uh, I don't know. Like, it just seems like the borders of horror are so nebulous and impossible to describe. There's no reason even to try to nail down the genre. Like, the main reason is to make meta horror, right? Which then has so. its own yeah. rules. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like, it's it's just. But the, I mean, I've talked about this before. Where, um, okay. So uh, I don't want to get too, um, highfalutin over here. Oh, look here. out! Just, Swing at college degree around. Yeah, or something. a little bit. Um, just to talk a little bit about Jacques Derrida. Oh, look out, Hickory Doc, whatever you are. No, <laughs> I'm not going to go into that. I'm just going to say plainly that basically. Um, when you talk about defining words, you talk about defining anything, the way that we define things is by tearing away all the things that it's not. Okay, yeah, So yeah. it's not this, it's not that, it's not this, it's not that. We get to a point where we can finally put a point on it and say, it's none of those things, this is exactly what it is. It's and the that negative is, space that defines it. That is the definition, but the negative space is basically what defines it. When um, we talk about a monster... We talk about a thing that is indefinable. It usually exists between two things. Mm-hmm. So you have a... Like zombies, uh, living undead. and dead. Yeah. yeah, you're living and dead. Or you're a, a swamp creature. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, are, you are humanoid, but you are also lizard. Like, that, what is this? Like, a wolf, man. Like, you're two things... Animal and man. Simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. Which breaks down the definition of both of those things. You're David Bowie. Yeah, so so now that... Now, when you could say before, man is not wolf, wolf is not man, 
Now, Wolfman. Now, all you can say about that is, well, that's neither wolf nor man. It's a monster. It's a monster. So, I, I think it's interesting that the more we've got into horror, the more I've started to see that the genre itself is indefinable and therefore monstrous. Like horror as a genre is scary to think about. Hmm. Yeah. Because. How do you define it? Exactly? How do you define What's it? What's the exactly? negative space around what right. is horrific or not? Yeah, because even when you can start to be like, well, these particular types of horror movies are this way. Right. But then there are the horror movies that aren't that way. Mm-hmm. But then share all the other traits of that type of well, horror. Because like you said, if, if your definition is, well, it's where there's like monsters killing people. It's like, right. well, so is Greek mythology horror? Right. Is Greek mythology horror? Is uh, Arthurian tales, are they horror? Yeah, St. George and the Dragon. That's is a horror tale Is Grendel a, a horror tale? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of examples of things that don't really fit right. into that if that is your definition. So like... Uh, uh, I think that's that's real interesting that the more we get into horror, the more I realize like horror itself is monstrous. Hmm. Like there's so many levels to the fear that even in defining the genre, you can't do it hmm. correctly yeah. or, or accurately without somebody being able to say, what about this movie? And then you're like, fuck, my entire definition falls apart. Right. Yeah. yeah it's this, but well, not this, this time. Right. Right. <laughs> that's a good way to look at it, man. Now, what do you think about Sam Raimi's direction <sighs> on this flick? It's amazing. It's fucking awesome. He's you can tell he the had whole a blast. Thing just like, like we've talked about in the past, some directors that are just obsessive like storyboarders. He, yeah, Peter Jackson. Every single shot was storyboarded. Like, golly, man. And he actually took some storyboards from the 1930s Joan of Arc by Victor Fleming. What? Uh, he took like 26 storyboard shots. Because, like, he, he, the thing he was going for was the particular scenes where they raid a castle. Okay. Joan of Arc is notorious for saying that she was the first to put a ladder on a castle. Like, she would run up to the walls, put the ladder, go up the, the walls, and attack first. Like, she was a badass teenager. Um, but he, he wanted to sort of replicate those things. Those shots that he replicated then end up into towers. <laughs> What the so hell? So you get the shots where they're putting the ladders yeah. up and everything. Like and so that that the pedigree of that shot yeah. goes all the way back to fucking Joan of Arc. Yeah. That's crazy. Fucking cool, dude. Yeah. There's so many things in this too that if you're a fan of parts one and two, you'll see so many shots in this that are like, oh my god, that's just like what I saw. Yeah. Like when the 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 demons are chasing Bruce through the woods uh-huh. in the other two movies. Right. You know? And it's so cool because those those tracking demon vision shots. Uh-huh. Are, you I know, love it. He like falls down the hill. And yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. so fucking good. And those started as a guy with a basically a homemade steady cam mm-hmm. of just like a camera on a two by four that was tied around his neck. Yeah, chasing Bruce Campbell through the woods, and now it's all the way here in this larger yeah. budget medieval Bruce Campbell action comedy horror movie. Yeah. I think we miss that so much in like the the beautiful things that we see. Like when somebody goes, okay, so like. I I watch say Justice League and I can tell you it's like better than I thought it was going to be but it's a terrible fucking movie. But if you showed me Justice League in 1982, my mind would have been blown. Yeah. Oh my god, it looks like a There's comic book. There's so many developments in in making movies constantly because making movies is a constant set of problems you have to overcome. Like nobody's ever done this. How are we going to do it? 
Like, how, how do you do this? I want a scene where somebody's running through the woods and the camera's right behind them, right up on them, and it looks like the thing behind them is running with them. How do I do that? Board around the neck turns into eventually, like, fucking... We, Stanley we, Kubrick steady cam. Yeah, yeah, like you get more steady cam work. You get more like everybody's trying to duplicate other things and create new versions of that. And they're always coming up with new technology. Like, I mean, you know, what's his name? Uh, Avatar, dude. James, James Cameron. Cameron. I mean, that guy, every movie he makes is just an excuse to come up with new technology. Yeah, it's an excuse to solve problems. Yeah, that's all it is. And mostly it's so he can use that technology to do what he actually wants to do. Yeah, which is not making a movie. <laughs> not making a movie, yeah. So, <laughs> like, there's something so awesome about movie making that we miss by just looking at it and judging it on its own. Hmm. Like, you really need to understand the work and problem solving and ideas that went into a thing to to judge it but i, I mean again when i watched justice league i was like this is shit <laughs> <laughs> i mean better than i thought it was gonna be pretty shit like how do you spend that much money oh my god dude how do you spend that I, like I, that's like i think maybe the money's the problem sometimes because then the problem solving is throw more money at it like that's not a solution but it works like okay throw more money at it we'll hire some outside firm that'll deal with it they don't really put creativity into it they're just getting a job done because they're getting paid by this production company like, yeah instead of you know what we get here which we're you know you have k and b working on this like howard burgers back there you got uh, what's his name uh, uh the dude from the walking dead fuck oh uh Damn it, Savini student. Yeah. God damn it. Greg Nicotero. There you go. We're Boom. bad at names. We you got, got it. You got some of these um, some of the best fucking special effects guys in the world working on your movie, but throwing more money at it won't fix the, the situation. Throwing more talent at it will. Throwing though. more talent will. Yeah. Like you tell you tell K and B like we need because they they did so like if you look at all the deadites, they look like yeah, if you did it in a computer it would just be a repetition of the same skeleton. Yeah, but copy these are based. all individual skeletons. Yeah, they had like 175, <laughs> yes. I think, Jedi's that they yeah. made. And then the people that are in costume, of course, like you know, uh, Bill Mosley and Bruce Campbell and Ted Raimi. Ted Raimi, who's <laughs> all over the, he's, he plays four different roles in this movie. But like, you you have these people who one have very limited time each day to get everything done, and two. They're being asked to do things that nobody's ever done and they just have to figure out a solution and also have a deadline. And that deadline is like, okay, at seven o'clock, this is the thing you get. And they send it out and it looks as fucking awesome as it does. Like you could throw a million more dollars, 20 million more dollars at this movie and not improve it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the shot that we get of like, Henry riding his horse and chopping skeletons in half. Yes. It wouldn't have looked better if it had more money. It was no. actually just a guy sitting on a, a sawhorse saw uh -huh. that was being rocked around by two other guys, probably just crushing his fucking balls. On the side of the interstate. On the side of the interstate. Because Sam Raimi realized they had forgotten to get Whoops. that shot. Could Whoops. you imagine? Pull over, pull out a sawhorse, get in your costume, boom. Got it. 
got it for a movie that's going to be shown worldwide. Yeah, and that's like Robert Rodriguez shit. Yeah. You know? But also, too, can you imagine you're a truck driver in 1991 when this is being filmed? <laughs> you're all hopped up on trucker speed and yeah. stuff. You got that fin fin running through your system. You're going through the fucking desert in California, yeah. and you're like, I think I just seen a feller <laughs> riding a sawhorse, <laughs> chopping skeletons in half in feller, medieval garb. Feller, that ain't a real horse. <laughs> then you go. That's for sawing. I need to pull over and get some sleep. He probably did, so it's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing. It might have saved a lot of you lives. Put, you could have killed Tracy Morgan's friend, you asshole. Yeah, really. Damn, I just hurt some truckers' feelings. Oh, no. <laughs> Aw. Sorry. I love you, truckers. Aww. Keep listening to our show. Keep America moving. Uh, good buddy. Did that help? Did, that, did I do it? No. Breaker, breaker. Breaker, breaker. One nine. But yeah, man, the amount of just like low budget, dumb solutions that came up yeah. with for stuff in this movie is is amazing. And it's like you said, when you watch it, you watch it knowing everything is real. Like yeah. if they made Game of Thrones in the 90s, early 90s, it yeah. would have looked like this. This is what it would have been, yeah. You know, the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, this is what Game of Thrones would have been yeah. if it would have come out in 1993. Yeah. Which... Wouldn't have been an improvement for sure. Yeah. Because it's goofy. And that's why it works. That's why it works. Because this is a, a comedy. It's yeah. a horror comedy. But it, at the same time, I mean, dude, some of those sets and costumes yeah. and stuff look legit. Evil Ash looks fucking Evil Ash awesome. looks awesome. Dude, He's got no lids. He's got that like, oh, teeth, those teeth just sticking like, out and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> let's just talk a little bit about the special effects and yeah. everything. Because, you know, you've got so many different kinds yeah. of special effects throughout this movie. And they had two different companies. I can't remember the name of the other company, but it's a big, big company. They yeah. did about 30% of the effects, and K&B did about the other 70%. Most of the, pra- all the, like, real practical stuff. But they had to do everything. Yeah. Dude, they had to do special effects makeups. Yeah. Uh, for Evil Ash and stuff. Yeah. They had to do full latex bodysuit mm-hmm. stuff with like the uh, the winged demon yeah. that's in this. They had to do extensive amounts of stop motion. Yes. The stop motion skeletons look amazing. They do. They're they, so they, Herringhouse and they, they fucking nail it. They nail it. Yeah. And, and when you see the way that the live action characters interact with the stop motion yeah. creatures, I have no fucking clue how they do how they did that stuff. It also looks okay, infinitely so better than, let's it, say, it like was, Skeleton Freddy. It was choreography, where they, they had shot the the front projection stuff, uh-huh. and then they would be like, okay, so, uh, Bruce, you're going to need your sword up here, then down here, then down here at these very specific moments, so that when we front project it, it looks like you're blocking the skeleton's sword. Yeah. So Bruce Campbell would have to learn this, like, Deep choreography. Jeez, man. For and like he he nails it every fucking time. If I watched like I watched through it after watching the documentary, which is called Medieval Times, by the way. If you're definitely to watch see the, it, yeah, it's awesome. it's good. Came out in 2015, so it's it's interesting. It's got like a lot of insight, but like Bruce Campbell had to learn so much choreography and stuff for each one of these. And after hearing that in the interview, I then watched it again and then watched it and he fucking nails it like none of his hits look off no they, they don't. all look exactly like where they're supposed to be yeah well and like i was saying it's like compare that to the scenes in dream warriors where they're fighting skeleton right. freddy and it's like yeah that looks, looks bad rough mm-hmm. man yeah they they nail all this stuff yeah. and they also nailed all of the miniatures matte paintings yeah everything they, they were talking about how like that windmill set was just a miniature yeah but that's Bruce Campbell way in the background, the uh-huh. miniature way in the foreground. Yes. 
and, and you they never have him even run think to it, and it looks like he's it running like he's into, into a windmill, the windmill, yeah. dude. Yeah. Like it doesn't look fake at all. And then when you get into all the crazy, silly, like Gulliver's travels, uh-huh. all the little mini ashes, dude. Yeah. Like, like I said, even though I felt like my I knew, fair lady, <laughs> even though I felt like I knew this movie before I watched it, I didn't know about little mini ashes. I, know. I didn't know about two-headed ash. <laughs> I mean, dude, the, the amount of work that had to go into chin that. Ash, dude. All that that's stuff, awesome. dude. Man, when, yeah, when his like face gets all stretched out and he has to like shake it out yeah, that's and then it Looney shakes Tunes into a different shape. Fuck. That Amazing. is so Looney Tunes. But it looks great. Yes. That's the thing about it. Like It yeah. never really looks like, oh, you can see where the appliance no. starts. They really did a fantastic fucking job. And like I said, the demons, the deadites, the skeletons, like not just the stop action uh, skeletons, stop like motion. the, uh, yeah, stop motion skeletons. Even the guys that are in like skeleton suits, kind of yes. like the whites from right. Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. look fucking great. They do. And it really is just some bones taped to black clothing. <laughs> Like it's nothing it's fancy. Nothing. It's nothing at all. I, I yeah, I think that I, I don't know, like CGI can be great. It really can. I mean, I, I love the Marvel movies. They're I was gonna say that you don't full of CGI. get the Marvel movies without right. that shit. CGI can be great. But the Marvel movies are cashing in on some checks they wrote to me in the early nineties when I started reading comic books. Sure. Like I uh, like it it would be real hard for them to be bad. Like, I want to see them so bad that I'm glad they made them no matter what. I'm already invested from the get-go, yeah. Yeah. Uh, In in the case of an original IP like this, I think you're always going to be best served by being a little shoestring budget. Yeah. Like, always just having to strain a little to figure out this thing. Like... How are we going to do this? Oh, yeah, we could just shoot it this way and send it for a million dollars to get this great CG. Yeah, green screen it and do CG in the or background. Or could we pull out a sawhorse? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like... Maybe jostle this guy around a little yeah, bit? Like, I, if you if you have to be forced into that corner, you're going to come up with something, and a lot of times it's going to look so much better. Yeah. It's just going to look better even though you know in your mind, like, when you're watching it, you're like, we're on the side of the interstate. When everyone else is watching it, they're like, this is medieval London. Medieval battle. (laughs) Yeah. In medieval London desert. There's a train coming at me. Ah, they scream. (laughs) Like, we've bought fully into movies from the beginning. We love this shit. So, like, I think it it serves you best. Yeah. To just say, like, how can we do this for cheap as shit? Like, what's what's the least we could spend on this and make it still look good? And it does. And it does. And it does. Yeah. This whole movie, like, if you are a fan of practical effects, mm-hmm. this movie is a is a treat. It yeah. is a smorgasbord yeah. of every practical effect known to man. I yeah. mean, forced perspective stuff. Yeah. Like I said, matte paintings, all of it. It's yeah. all here. And if you watch that making up thing, you can see it all, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Watch that. Because it, it's only like an hour. That, that was a real quick documentary. I was surprised. Like, yeah. They... they they really get out a lot of good information real quick. But you know, the thing about it is, is like, this actually does have legitimate, great action bits yeah. and comedy bits in it. Yeah, this is It's not, it's not like good action for a horror movie or, yeah. oh, it's funny for an action movie. Like, it actually has great elements of all if of it. If you cut out every moment that references back to Evil Dead 2, you'd still have a good adventure movie. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah. I get sent to the past. Yeah. Has to deal with some shit. Yeah, you don't even need an explanation. We've all, like, accepted. Like, Connecticut uh, Yankee and King Arthur's Court. We know that exists. So, here, go. Now tell us your version. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I picked up from the documentary that really surprised me is Bruce Campbell saying that this was the most grueling shoot yeah. that's ever happened in history because yeah. that's coming from the guy that was in Evil Dead. Yeah. Which, if you know anything about, was, was one of the grueling. most punishing, <laughs> punishing film yeah. shoots in history. Yeah. And he said this was actually the worst. Yeah. And I can understand why because he acted so many roles and he's in so much makeup and this was a hundred day shoot in southern california on the edges of the mojave desert in the middle of the summer (laughs) real nice climate every single person just wearing clothes was uncomfortable the people wearing armor super uncomfortable and the people wearing makeup extremely because makeup doesn't breathe oh dude if you were in that latex yeah. fucking uh pit bitch costume oh, yeah they, you were probably dying there's probably yeah. like an inch of sweat in your shoes yeah it, in that would, costume. it would just be and you're already standing in water I, I assume that was shot on a set but still in all that makeup standing in that water yeah. you're sweating like crap but, like, but then too so much of the movie is set at nighttime yeah and at that time in the mojave desert it gets yeah. cold as fuck at night it does suddenly get super cold also uh it would apparently for the night shots take four hours to set up the lighting good god which is uh constantly going to be changing because of the moon because if you're out in the middle of nowhere the moon is bright as shit when yeah. you don't have and it's like the primary other light lights source. Yeah. yeah so you're, you're constantly uh, adjusting for the moon you're dealing with all this cold people are getting so you're dealing with lighting for four hours you got people getting makeup on for three hours and then they only had six hours to shoot while it was still dark. That sounds awful. And yeah, so they're just doing this day in and day out for all these night shoots. So like, I I can't imagine that many actors have dealt with much worse than Bruce oh, yeah. Campbell dealt with. Because that's the thing is like, if they had a huge budget, they wouldn't shoot at nighttime. They'd shoot it yeah. all in fucking Pinewood Studios right, yeah. or whatever, build sets. No problem. It looks dark inside. Sure. Whatever. But this was all shot actually outdoors, mm-hmm. actually at nighttime. Yep. And the funny thing is too, is like, even though this is such a punishing, grueling shoot for everybody involved, Whenever you see the behind-the-scenes stuff of of Sam Raimi manning the helm and directing oh, this yeah. thing, he's having he is, a blast, dude. He's having a blast. <laughs> there, there's like times that he would put on like a beret uh-huh. and be like, "Onward, you scallywags!" Like yeah. just like classic fucking Cecil D, but uh, Cecil B. DeMille I, fucking shit. From that documentary, gathered why Sam Raimi is considered to be such a great director by the he people loves he it. works with. He loves he what he loves he's doing. it. He acts like a child. Yeah, like. It's something he, I, he's directing bathtub action figure mission scenes yeah. in real life. Yeah. It's like that's what he's, he's doing. Getting to do it with yeah. real people. So he cares. The thing is, he he can be an asshole because he's so childlike. Yeah. Like he can be like, I want this now. Like because everybody Give sees him as like so super excited about everything, and they just want to be like a part of that they want to feel the same way he does like put helicopter blades on my car yeah 
Because the classic makes a, <laughs> yes. an appearance in here. With the fucking blades all over it. Anybody yeah. that doesn't know Sam Raimi and the, the classic. The, yeah, classic the classic is his old school. It's in it's every Mobile, movie he's, he's shot. Even yeah. in The Quick and the Dead. They, they took it apart <laughs> no and way. used parts of it in The Quick and the no Dead. No yeah. way. Yeah. It's in every movie he's ever made. Dude. It's crazy. That's fucking awesome. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. He just has this childlike exuberance and joy in what he does that has to be infectious yeah, to work with. He has to. And, and like Bruce Campbell, I like he talked, as he said, this was hell. He was, you know, he'd be cussing a lot on the set. He'd be angry and whatnot. Never angry at anyone in particular. That's just how he works. Like he sees how irritating this all is he's so he's like dealing with this irritation and this constant like hot cold situation and all these other things but he doesn't get mad at sam he just gets mad at the situation yeah he wants the movie to work so it doesn't matter like he'll do whatever but it's fucking frustrating (laughs) (laughs) so it's i mean they work together so fucking well uh and he i mean sam raimi i know the spider-man movies are are were huge, but yeah, I don't massive. think that any Sam Raimi movie not starring Bruce Campbell has the same feel to it. Like, not that they're bad. I love the Sam, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2, specifically. Spider-Man 1's good, and Spider-Man 3 is shit. Uh, Quick and Dead's good. Like, all those movies are good, but they don't have the same, like, just fun feel yeah. that the three evil dead movies have and i think it's because he never found he's never found another actor that will act in the way bruce campbell will where he can just say whatever and he does it yeah yeah Yeah. those those two guys definitely share the same vision of of what these movies should have should have been for sure now you're telling me you have a little bit of an idea about why we have all these different lindas yeah through these movies why we have these different lindas and why the why the beginning changes each time every time yeah I believe that it is possible, considering the multiple ashes we see, and considering the ash travels into the past, that in both cases, it is a separate ash in the past changing the future. No shit. Yeah. It is an ash. And that's why they're all so different. Yeah, because, you know, what, what brings them back into the future is a few drops of this tincture or whatever. Yeah, which, again, work because they work. Yeah. Okay, so there, the ash we see working at S-Mart yeah. is um, 1993 Bruce Campbell, who is 12 years older than the Bruce Campbell we saw, but should be two days older than the first Bruce Campbell. Well, a few days older. Yeah. Only two days passed in Evil Dead 1 and 2, and then Evil Dead 3 is maybe a week. So, why is he so much older? It's potentially because he woke up way earlier than the day he was supposed to. And then went back and started changing things. Now, why would there be two separate Lindas? And that is where the multiple ashes come into play. Is he the only Ash that went into the future? Did the portal that sent him back in time only send this Ash back? Is it the only time that portal has sent him? 
does the portal only send him to one place? Can the portal? I mean, it's a it's a Lovecraftian yeah, it's, idea. It's a revolving door at that he, point. He could have been sent to multiple places as a single individual and not know the experience because he's only experiencing the one experience. Like multiple ashes and multiple Lindas make this a multi-level universe that is really i want to get deep into it when we finally do evil dead the fate alvarez movie because that's also in the continuity because we see bruce campbell at the end okay the but evil it's dead a remake, completely right. different thing yeah yeah so like there's huh. this multiverse within the evil dead that's fun when you think of it, it that way. It is fun because yeah. I, I think they've done some stuff with it in the comic books, kind of. Because the comic, there are actually a lot of Evil Dead comic books. I'd like to check them out. Yeah, I've I've read one, and it was real fun. And there's also there's like Ash versus Freddy versus Jason, like, and also Jason Voorhees' comic book universe is, is pretty deep too. Well, so I was gonna say, if I'm not mistaken, I believe a couple of years ago they were trying to like spin and retcon that the whole reason that Jason can come back again and again and again is that he's actually a deadite. Yeah, I believe yeah. they were trying to like make that canon. Yeah, which dude, if they ever got to do an Ash vs. Jason I would movie, love it. Fucking count and it's me perfect in. time now because Ash vs. Evil Dead has ended. But we've developed the characters like Old Man Ash, where it's like we we've seen him, where he's basically the premise of Ash versus Evil Dead is it's it's been a while, he's just been working at S Mart, despite the fact that he saved the world, nobody knows it, <laughs> like he's just working at S Mart, living in a trailer, like it's it's a perfect idea to pick up on Ash and Jason Voorhees in 2020. And just smash them together. Yeah, dude. Just fucking get your chocolate in my peanut butter. And I goddamn guarantee you, Robert England would be on board bringing Freddy. Dude, come on. Like right right now, it doesn't. Michael Bay own he doesn't he own the rights to Friday Thirteenth and Number on Elm Street. So yeah, I mean, I don't care for Michael Bay, but if if he could put that together. I, I'd like Michael Bay more. <laughs> yeah, I would be completely I, on deck with that. I'd be like, you know what? Bad Boys is... Those, those movies are good. <laughs> good they boys. are. Actually, I'll say that anyway. They are a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, the pacing of this movie is one of my favorite things, too. It's yeah. not overly long. Nope. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Like, it's like an hour and a half, maybe. Yeah, it's pretty and like, short. You can't keep that zany pace up for no, two and a half no. hours. You, yeah, you, you just you gotta go that. comedy length, and like you get your kind of serious-ish moments, which are mostly just him trying to have sex with Imbeth Davids. Who's <laughs> great. She's awesome. I uh, love but, how he just, like, he's super annoyed by her, and then just suddenly is like, hey, hey. Yeah, he grabs her and kisses her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, like, suddenly sensual. Yeah, he, out of nowhere. he's very much that, like, 1940s, 50s leading man yep. sort of thing, where you just grab a woman and kiss her hard, and that... <laughs> Suddenly everything's cool. And the thing is, is like in other movies with other people playing that character, you just be like, oh, this is fucking dumb. Yeah. This is so stupid. But because it's him, like he he play. It's almost like Bruce Campbell when he says something. There's an irony to it already. Right. Like just looking at his face because he's got that cartoon face. You're like, <laughs> that's funny. You right. Just told me my mom died. Like, yeah. You're doing like, it because it's funny because yeah. you're saying it. Yeah. <laughs> totally, man. 
Yeah, yeah, dude, this I, movie is just a fucking treat. Like, I never once got bored, even for a second. I never was like, man, this is fucking stupid. They're, nah. they're playing up the comedy way too much. It all just seems like an organic growth of where they were going in, in mm-hmm. part two yeah. to me, you know? Yeah, I, I like I love the silliness. I don't... Like, there's nothing I would change about this movie. No. In fact, even the flaws, I wouldn't change because the flaws, like the the Harringhausen look like that is intentional it, yeah. I think I don't think that there's any reason why you would want to improve this movie it it has every single thing you would want in a horror comedy and doesn't go me- like because so, so many horror comedies are meta yeah and this is in no way meta in no, fact uh-uh. just abandons the entire pretense of horror just for comedic effect. Yeah. It doesn't even care. Yeah. I love it. I love yeah. that about it. I do too, man. Yeah, it's just a ball to watch. Like I said, I, I did not expect to like this movie as much as I did. Yeah. Um, I think about the only improvements I would make. I wouldn't mind if it was gorier. Oh, yeah. It was before they really... Like, it was NC-17 was really? what they were going to rate it. And then they, they edited it down Man, to the... I want to see that cut. 87-minute cut, which then got edited more by Dino De Laurentiis. Well, I mean, he didn't do it himself, but he hired another editor to do it. Got it down to 81 minutes for the... So, that's actually an hour and 20. 20, yeah. yeah. So, got down to 81 minutes. But it, it was gorier before... They still ended up with an R rating because of the fucks yeah yeah just because of language but there's not much there's not gore really much at all gore. i mean no. some of the best parts of evil dead 2 are when <laughs> just the ridiculous gore parts. It's just yeah. ridiculously yeah. over the top yeah. i mean just ash getting sprayed with every like i mean body a bunch of blood imaginable. does spray up out of that pit but that's about it yeah but it and doesn't it's like, like cover bright in red blood, you know yeah it's like bright red too it's not even like it doesn't look realistic. It doesn't get on anybody, really. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been okay if this did play with just the over-the-top grossness that they yeah. had in Evil Dead 1 and 2. Yeah. I would have been okay with that. Yeah, That's honestly cool about that. the only thing about this that I would tweet. Hmm. I would just like to see a little bit more juice on screen. Yeah. Yeah, but, that'd be good. But still, this is one of those movies that I, I know that I'll watch again and oh, again. Yeah. You know? I have. Throughout my life, this has been one that... I was so psyched for as a kid. I was 12 years old when this came out. Well, not yet 12, but uh, around there. I was reading comics. It was constantly being advertised. I loved Evil Dead 1 and 2 when it came out. I mean, didn't get to go see it in theaters, but when it came out on video, watched it immediately. I've watched it a trillion times as a child, as an adult. Every single time, still fun. Yeah. Still blows my mind every time how, how silly it is while still telling a, a, a really competent adventure story. Like true. It it never it never really gets off of the path of it like even with the horror elements, it's very much an adventure story. And Bruce Cameron just nails everything. Yep. He's so good. You got any final thoughts and ratings about this movie? Um I would say for sure Oh, way to go, Sam Raimi, and his brother, Ivan Raimi, who wrote this. Ivan Raimi is a medical doctor. No shit. <laughs> yes, he is. I didn't know that. Yeah, he helped write Dark Man and then helped write this and has helped write some other things. And maybe helped save some lives. Sam Raimi says he really understands character. Really good wow. at character. Huh. So 
So he's got he's got some thanks that are owed to him. Yeah, for sure. I I do think that this movie goes more into the character than the previous two did, where we were just shown Ash. In this case, go into depth, like who is Ash as a lover? Like who is he as this? Because before all we saw was he had a necklace and gosh, he loves his girlfriend mm-hmm. or whatever. So yeah, we go more in depth on that character. In fact, we get more from all the characters. Henry and uh, Arthur, Arthur. Are, are very realized characters. You get what's going on with them, but there's never really the exposition like fully. Yeah. Like they say they're at war, but we don't know everything no, that's happened. No, it doesn't just, really clarify. Yeah. You just know that they're at yeah. odds with each other. Yeah, so those characters have depth to them. So well-written then, of course, Sam Raimi changes everything on set, does everything, you know, just, I want to do this today. Uh, so, because he did that, and then what we see on the screen is so awesome, I'll say, fucking great job, Sam Raimi, no doubt. saying we're going to do this today. Because he knew what he was talking about. Uh, I, I don't think I'd improve anything, honestly. Like, Because anything I think, I think I have so much connection to it, like, that when I think of anything changing, it kind of scr- screws my, like scrambles my brain a little bit yeah, where well, it's you, like, no, 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 it so no that can't change. Yeah. yeah. Like if that changes, then it's not the same thing. Um, I think if I take it objectively, maybe no, I, I the choice to go with the herring house and look is a bold one. And if you don't know herring house and you would just say, Oh, this is just a bad looking movie. So maybe that's not the smartest choice, but I think when you're dealing with, I the, don't even think it looks bad though. That's thing, what I'm saying. Man. Yeah, the stop it, motion is. Yeah, I think beyond the Harry House. Yeah, stuff. I think it looks great, and I also think by the time you're on the third movie of a cult franchise, like you you're on board you with whatever. Yeah, yeah you can yeah. do whatever you want, and the because like it's set in medieval times. Like, <laughs> yeah, you've already gone that far. Do whatever the fuck you want. So. I, yeah, I can't complain about I can't really say there's anything I would change. For me, there's always going to be a 10. It doesn't matter. Like, doesn't matter. Somebody could point out one huge flaw that changes the entire movie. I'd still be like, 10. Don't care. Yeah, 10. exactly. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's just so effortlessly enjoyable to me. Mm. I mean, I understand. Like I said, if you're really in the mood to watch a scary movie about people going out into a cabin in the woods and stuff like that, it's not that. No. This movie isn't scary really no. at all you know no, this is a kids movie like kids yeah. should like this they i think um bruce campbell said this in that documentary that this movie should have been rated pg and it really should it really could have yeah. i mean other than the the language it yeah probably could have easily gotten pg-13 mm-hmm. you know because it's just so like in even the violence is comical it's oh yeah not, yeah so it's like a looney tunes thing yeah totally man yeah i mean dude he, he gets his fucking face burnt on top of that that stove and has to peel <laughs> it off with a spatula <laughs> like that's totally fucking bugs bunny moves you know, he doesn't even have a burn on his face. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I love how they just embraced. Yeah, you know, it's like everything that they laughed at when they were like eight years old. Yeah. Like, we should put that in this movie. It's still funny. Because I mean, because this was not. This was nobody's break. This was nobody's like. Like nobody on set was like this. This is like gonna change cinema. This was for the fans. This was yeah. for Sam. This was for Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. Really, it was like, hey, let's just celebrate. Remember how fun it was making those two movies? Let's get enough money that we can make another one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I wouldn't have minded if there was some more 
comically over the top gore. The blood yeah. geyser was like hilarious and awesome. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have minded if there was more of that in there, you know? Hey, hey, that must have been like Johnny Depp's character in Nightmare on Elm Street's like ancestor. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just full of all blood the blood. Bag. Just total blood bag. <laughs> And uh, I also think that the the original title of Medieval Dead was that's was better. awesome. Medieval Dead yeah. is better than Army of Darkness. I would yes. have really liked if they would have called it Medieval yeah. Dead. But dude, the thing is, is I, I'm kind of viewing this a little bit more objectively because I didn't grow up with yeah, it. Like, yeah, I didn't so see you, this you when don't I was have a kid. The connection. You you could tell me right now you think it's a seven. I don't give a shit. Yeah, go for it. But dude, to me, it's like even though I don't have that sentimental bond of seeing this as a kid and seeing it when it came out, and it was this movie that I'd seen advertised in all my comic yeah. books, so I was already excited about it. Right. And I'd already seen the other ones when I was a child or right. whatever. This is still like a fucking, I think like a nine and a half. Yeah, awesome. It's just so fun to Glad watch, you loved man. It, man, I, I like, thought so I, you would. I get when people yeah. don't. I know that there's some people right, that are just it's like, wacky. it's just so stupid. It's way off the it's wall. It's so stupid at yeah. times, man. I get it. That yeah. kind of humor is not for everybody. No, but it's you know? for this guy. Yeah, I'm on board with <laughs> get it, Get silly as you want. I like it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, this is a blast. I was really pleasantly surprised by this, and it it really might be my favorite of the three movies. I uh, Yeah, I think a lot of people would agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not even a too too much of a, a, a controversial call, because it's... It's just so beloved. Like all three of them are beloved films, but I, I think people really connected to this movie because of its full embrace of the silly. Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. I love it. It's fantastic. Hopefully you guys also enjoy this and let us know over on the Facebook page what you guys think about this flick. Where can they find that Facebook page? Uh, over at facebook.com forward slash dead and lovely. That's where you can find it. And if you guys have enjoyed this episode and want to help support the show, be sure to support us over on the Patreon Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. And if you like Instagram and want to find pictures of stuff that we're doing, you can follow it at at dead lovely pod on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to order some merchandise for us, like a cool t-shirt or something, you can email us. Deadandlovelypod at gmail.com. Wow, that actually went really well. It did. <laughs> Sounded like we kind of planned that out. <laughs> but we didn't. Totally didn't. No. Free balling right there, man. <laughs> well, you guys be sure to tune in next week onto the show when we're going to be talking about Feast, a movie Feast. I've never heard of, but was suggested by Jason. Jason, Patreon supporter Jason. Uh, as some of you guys know, we do a Patreon page where if you support us on the $5 level, you get to submit a movie you would like us to cover on the show, and that is randomly drawn. We've been usually doing one about once a month. Yeah. Probably more like every three weeks or so, something like that, because yeah. the submissions are yeah, so oh, good. Yeah, we also, yeah, like, other than just doing the random drawings, we've picked, like, we did, Frailty was one that was suggested by Maddie Jones. Yeah. So, like, uh, stuff we've done in the, like, if you become a $5 patron, your suggestions float to the top, basically, yeah. is like, yeah, what are we going to do? Oh, there's a movie. Boom. Uh-huh. That's yeah. one people want to hear. Yeah. So you guys be sure to go over and check out that Patreon page and uh, drop some support, even if, you know, it's just on the $1 or $3 level, whatever. Yeah. We'll take it all. We appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because we do a lot of work for this. I'll tell you what, I watched so much shit to get prepared for this. Five bucks helps. Yeah. It does. Definitely. It buys a beer. These co-beers don't buy themselves. It's true, they do not. You know? I wish they did. That'd be great. What would they do with themselves, Hi, though? I'm a beer. I bought myself for you. Yay! <laughs> Put me in you. <laughs> Wee! Get in your face. <laughs> 
Well, you guys be sure to tune in next week. I look forward to watching this movie because it sounds intriguing. I, yeah. I also have never Henry even Rollins heard of it. Henry Rollins is in it. It's yeah. uh, produced by, who was it? Matt, Matt Damon, Damon, Ben Affleck, and Wes Craven. What, what a weird fuck? combo. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an unholy trinity I want to get myself in the middle of. So we're going to find out about that thing soon. Uh, again, I don't even know what it's about. So yeah. Interesting. Should be an interesting one. It's cool for us to do a show where neither of us know what yeah. we're getting into. Yeah, this is just like I it's walking into a, a door that's marked fun. Oh, fun door. Yeah. Cuz I'm assuming Jason is like this is a you know, maybe I that might be a wrong assumption. People might be recommending movies cuz they're like shit on it. Yeah, it could be that. <laughs> People love those shit on it episodes. Yeah. So, Jason, maybe we'll shit on it for you. Could I be. don't know. I don't know. We'll find out next week. You guys be sure to tune in and check it out then. Well, in the meantime, I hope you guys are having a delightful 2020. So far, so good over on our end. If you're at the NAM show out in LA, be sure to come up and give me an holla, elbow holla, tap. Holla. Not a handshake. Everybody spreads diseases and stuff when they shake hands yeah, all the time. Get that Namthrax. Dude, it's real. Namthrax is very fucking real. Yeah. Give me an elbow tap. Give me a, a Japanese style bow. Ooh. A respectful nod. I'll give one back to you. Whatever you want to do. Uh, come see me if you're out there in LA. We're also playing a big ass show on Wednesday. Uh, look for details on that on my Instagram page and stuff like that. Awesome. Got all kinds of good things. Doing a little performance at the Sir booth with my man Andy Wood. Yeah? Yeah, doing all kinds of fun stuff. That's awesome. So you guys be sure to follow up and, uh, again, come give me an elbow tap or something like tap, that. Tap, tap. Well, you guys have been fantastic. We have been dead and lovely, and we'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. Hail to the king. So whenever the inevitable happens uh-huh. and the pornography industry makes their smutty adaptation of cats, mm-hmm. it's just going to be called pussies, right? Oh, I was thinking cunts. But yeah, pussies is That's probably... lewd. That is lewd. I'm sorry. 